0: This week on the program, break out your red Adidas tracksuits and get ready to smoke some cigarettes on the roof because we're talking the Royal Tenenbaums. I'm Andrew Jupin. Oh, wow. It's Steven Seagal,
1: Eric Siska.
2: Chris Cabin as Chris Cabin. <laughs> and we love movies.
0: hello everyone welcome to we love movies thank you for tuning in as always that's right we love movies month continues we're talking the royal tenenbaums from 2001 directed by wes anderson hell of a picture
2: oh yeah it's it's great i'm happy that we're talking about the last gene hackman movie there was no yep. other movie yep. after yep. this. Uh, 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 no, there was. Uh, Chris, shut, ooh, sorry. shut your dirty fucking mouth, Steve. <laughs> um, uh, this ooh. is the, <laughs> Shut your dirty fucking mouth. The Royal, Mooseport.
1: Mooseport. Royal shut Tenenbaum up. bought the uh, house at Mooseport. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Tenenbaum I, I, got into some sort of argument with Ray Romano. <laughs> uh, Royal Tenenbaum was the only one who did not love Ray. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i mean there's movies to retire on and then there's welcome to Mooseport. (laughs) and it is kind of just a nice like if you you have his you're looking at his filmography and it's like the royal tenenbaums asterisk
2: end of career you you can you can keep on talking your smack it ended with this and that's how i'm gonna believe it from now on chris
3: i kind of admire the you know he i'm gonna do another picture yeah you know fuck this and just (laughs) unceremoniously leaving You know, I,
2: yeah, it's, I mean, it's true. It's true that he's just like didn't deci- decide to start doing like westerns for direct TV or well, anything like uh, that. Didn't, that's, uh, that's for better.
3: <laughs> At least he didn't do an embarrassing cartoon like, uh, what's his name? Sean Connery, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh,
0: well, Mr. Bigsby's Gold or whatever the yeah, world. <laughs> or I don't
3: yeah. know what the hell it was. I mean that shit happens a lot
0: though to older stars, man. Like, look, fucking James Stewart's last on-screen performance is doing the voice of the cat sheriff in *Fivel Goes West*. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. fucking that's you know,
2: more that's more classy. Five Goes West*. I mean, come on, Pacino and De Niro pictures.
0: seem to be landlocked in a race to see who could have the worst one. Like, yeah, they that's really. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you, you got to respect Hackman for fucking, you know, even though, yes, his last movie is Mooseport, he still <laughs> did get out like fucking almost 20 years ago. He was like, you know what, dude? Yeah. And he's still he's still alive. He's still yeah. with us. He's just been Gene Hackmaning. He's like, you know what? If I need something, I'll fucking co- go to the Lowe's Corporation.
3: No yep. big deal. <laughs> I mean, By totally. By the way, I, Asterix, at the time of this recording, he is still alive. Yes, yes. He yes. Is still alive.
0: And Jesus, I, this episode only comes out next month, man. And I fucking hope. That every all the facts well, in this episode stay the same. We, we
3: hate movies. News desk needs to have both stories ready <laughs> yes. to go. We're gonna hit publish at the right time. Hopefully. Eric, hopefully, Eric has
2: to keep his eye on all his death clocks. There are many of them. <laughs> They're going at all times. It's like the different time zones yeah. in like the newsroom Tokyo it, and turns all out it's
3: just the regular clock because people die every He's second. He's
2: got G- Gene Hackman, Jack Nicholson. He's mm-hmm. got all the big ones up there ready that'll, to go. Oh, that'll be tough. <laughs>
3: I mean, Hackman will be tough, man. What are you kidding me? No, I'm not. No, I, that sounded sarcastic, but it wasn't. No, <laughs> no. Nicholson, too. I'm going to be yeah. bummed, man. Oh, yeah.
2: They're going to be Hell, bad. Yeah. And I guess Mooseport part isn't technically. I guess you have to count that, what? The one minute he was in diners, drive ins, and dives? Was he on there? What? There's some. You got to go look it up. There was some. He was in the that background. Is, yeah. Quite a quite a sloppy steak sandwich guy. That's <laughs> it. Something like that. Like he likes a no. local diner.
0: <laughs> all right, first of all, I mean we will look it up. I'm sure someone's looking it up right now. But let me say this, Chris Capan. I don't have to count shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> what you're fucking not ca- diners driving? The- I, so, wait, you're saying you're, say- Guy wait, you're Fieri, saying Guy Fieri, Fieri over
2: Ray shit. Romano. That's you're what I'm saying. 100%. You're,
0: 100%. Wait, so Chris, you're saying there was an episode of Triple D yes. where he just got accidentally picked up in the background? Chris is correct. No, or, no yeah. he's in the foreground, he's at in the least foreground. one of the picture I'm looking at.
3: He was in two episodes. I think they might have re aired the segment. Fir- I guess the first one's called Big Breakfast <laughs> from 2008, <laughs> and then there's another one, What's For Breakfast, also from 2008, but he's Uncredited in that one
2: because he doesn't look like Gene Hackman. He's an older, he's a much older man now. So, like, he looks older, so you don't really notice it at first. But then you look again, and bam, it's him eating breakfast.
3: So did the crew know that it was Gene Hackman? Well, no, yeah. He's, like, with Guy Fieri. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. He has a picture
3: Oh, my God. Yes, this picture is glorious.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm just curious if it was a thing maybe, like, they get in and they're doing, like, his first intro. And he was like, we're rolling out to this new piece of shit place I'm going to get diarrhea at. And then, like, after one intro take, he was like, wait a minute who's that kindly old man over there eating breakfast all alone trying to mind his own business? And then it was like we have stumbled upon Gene Hackman in this diner. I, oh, man, Gene Hackman. I got to tell you, I love Popeye. I love that <laughs> movie, Popeye. I think you're
2: so good in it. Thank you so
0: much for what I, you've done. I kind of want Wes Anderson to have to block and shoot guy fieri and like figure out the <laughs> color palette like i think he would have an Andrew. he'd go oh geek! Ye- it would just fall over because like those colors do not appear in wes anderson movies you, you flame you want, red but, dice you, you know, want, know what diners, i mean drive,
3: do, but diners Drive-ins, and dives sounds like a wes anderson title it does and, and
0: actually guy fieri kind of sounds like a wes anderson yes, name yes. a little
3: bit you guy fieri bought the
2: house at seven arthur <laughs>
3: avenue yeah, he'd wear, I can see it. In the Wes Anderson version, he'd wear like a blue leisure suit or something.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can imagine awesome. a, ma- a a mansion with like the flame decals like on the walls. <laughs> exactly. Everywhere. That would be fucking dope. Honestly. Oh, yeah. His
0: his ghostly decorated fucking house. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. absolutely. Um. Oh, Steve, you sent a. P- oh, Eric sent a pic in the chat. No, yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah, you got to see it. It's good. He looks great. I mean, Hackman in this picture. He you does. Know, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. There was a photo recently, every time someone stumbles across him at, like, the five and dime in whatever, like, American southwest town he lives in. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, it's terrifying because, one, it's like you see Gene Hackman trending and you're like, oh, fuck. And then you click on it and it's like, oh, someone else just ran into him. And there he is taking a nice, big toothed, you know, smiling photo. Like, he's still happy as a pig and shit man and i gotta say i don't know you look at these guys like pacino and de niro still chugging out these movies like yeah okay we got the irishman but like at what cost look at these guys they're (laughs) fucking miserable they're miserable you get the joker you're getting fucking whatever else i mean like you know what i mean like even fucking simone was 20 years ago you Mm -hmm. know what i mean that's true there's like the amount of like tired uh serial killer movies al pacino was doing at one point i think he's kind of giving that up I, that, that hangman <laughs> because i think those movies he's finally like kind of too old to be like fake running around an alleyway exactly. you know what i mean yeah
3: but i will say about him he's got a, one of those crazy scarfs he's running around with these days mm-hmm. it looks it, great
0: that's true
2: he he, he, i mean pacino looks great yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the thing as i think i can't really judge him because they both both de niro and pacino seem like workaholics like mm-hmm. genuine like they cannot stop even if you mm-hmm. wanted them to stop hackman was like you know what I fucking hate everybody I've ever worked with. I have I hate <laughs> all of you people that were in Hollywood. I hate everything. I'm going to go away like he is. That's awesome. I, everybody puts Carpenter on the top of like aging. Well, as far as like your attitude towards age and your past work. I say Hackman has him beat by just a smidge because he doesn't have to constantly talk about the money. Like I yeah. love Carpenter. I love him so much, but I cannot. I, I, I am done with the fucking uh, posting of the picture of like, every time fucking new Halloween comes out. Yeah. Check in the hand. Right. I'm like, but I'm like, it's cool. I love him. But like Hackman's the one who's like, fuck it all. Well, I'm done. Yeah,
3: Cause Hackman actually walked away, you know, yes. Carpenter, even though he's not like really active, he worked on what he does the music, this, this yeah, music yes. and you know, he's, he, and then he's given these interviews. You could just say no. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know how many interviews I say no to? Oh, my God. Zero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you say zero? Yes, less, than, I less than zero? Is there less than zero? Wait, wait I haven't heard <laughs> of this magazine yet.
0: Yeah. Uh, this, Fred yeah, Easton
2: Alice's magazine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was a huge one for me uh, coming yeah. up. and just sort of like this. Because I had seen Rushmore, I liked it. I wound up liking Rushmore more as I got older. But like, I liked Rushmore a lot, but I wasn't like super duper into it. But this was the one that I was like, "Oh, I want to watch all this guy's movies." And, I and to- yeah, this was this was the first one I saw in theaters too. I had seen Rushmore, I think, precisely one time, uh, <clears throat> and had not seen. Uh, bottle rocket
3: yet at this point point, and is also a great movie by the way i I really enjoy that one as well
0: i came around to that as an adult i wasn't crazy about it like in high school when i first saw it but then i watched it uh maybe in like lockdown or a little after lockdown was like oh this is actually really good but tenenbaums hit me i mean in such a way that it was like you're seeing something like you haven't seen before on a big screen, which I think is different than seeing something you haven't seen before just on VHS. Because it's not like I hadn't seen a Wes Anderson movie before, but I hadn't seen one on, a, on the big screen. It had such an effect on me. I don't know. It was one of those oh, movies can do this and be this fucking weird. And also a bunch of really good music on a soundtrack that I was like pretty much completely unaware of. That was another big thing for me. Yeah, I mean, was- all
2: the soundtracks for all these movies are fucking incredible. Yeah. So much kinks
0: because this is a movie that like you know around the time I was still saying you know it's a good movie everybody the boondock saints and thankfully <laughs> somebody needed to come in with something actually good
2: oh yeah i think the thing with this movie was for me it was like uh, for someone who had like watched american beauty it was like that's good yay and then mm-hmm. like i was like oh wait this is a little bit more interesting as a movie about families like this is kind of a corrective like this is more of the interesting yeah. interplay of what's going on in an actual family and to me it's i, I mean Yes, I had seen I don't I don't think I'd seen Rushmore on the big screen, but I, seeing this, it's like the first time that his vision, like Anderson's like style really comes into clarity. Like, yeah, Rushmore had mm-hmm. a lot of it. So did Bottle Rocket. And uh, to be clear, like I, I, the, my least favorite Wes Anderson movies, which are probably Bottle Rocket and Isle of Dogs, I still think are good movies. Like I, I'll fight you on of Dogs. I'll, we can I'll fight, fight I'll, you on we, Bottle Rocket. We can go outside and we can get the bare <laughs> knuckles out and really go. But I'll for be
0: it. I'll be on Chris Cabin's side fighting both. Yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to Chris, go. I, I mean,
3: I, I see what you're saying. Like because the in Bottle Rocket and Rushmore, there's the you know eccentricities and shit, but there's still like that real world around it. And then yes. once you get to here, it's a fully formed world. Of that, and,
2: and, and it's built specifically off of his the the his use of color, his use of editing specifically, mm-hmm. and the way he frames things usually through these literary devices, usually through a book or through something like that. And right. like by the time you get to Grant Budapest, it's been firmed up and built on so much yeah. that like there's levels upon levels upon levels going on there, and like it, it's amazing to watch it just at this kind of chaotic first step. Here. Well, this is
0: like the first one he's doing real dollhouse shit with. Yes. You know what I mean? Like really oh, yeah. just like full on building out the dollhouse, making sure everything is exactly where it needs to be. blah mm-hmm. blah, blah. Even like little shots about like when uh, I, I noticed it last night when Margot and Richie are laying down in the tent. Um, there's the record player there, but there's also all of these. If you look at the shot, there's oh, yes. all of these little kids, uh, little race cars all over the that I've never cars, seen yeah. before, which is so insane. And I mean, look at that. The dollhouse stuff, and like now he's almost getting silly with it, even though I, I loved French Dispatch. French Dispatch is so narratively dense and so yeah. dense at every single shot where it's almost too much, even though again I do love that movie, but like that was it was interesting to see him push it that far. But here I think it's really contained, and I think family stories are just always gonna get me the right way. You know what I mean? Like any kind of mm-hmm. large family thing is always gonna get me because I come from a large family. Mm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, I do as well. I didn't come from a family of geniuses by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Not know, me. but uh, <laughs> if anyone uh, from also, my, by the way, nope. if
3: anyone from my family is listening, I was from a family of geniuses. Yeah, <laughs> sure.
0: Uh, <laughs> a family without money uh, is the one I came <laughs> from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is a family, both of geniuses and with copious amounts of money, mm-hmm. as we see very early on in the prologue, where uh, the younger version of ben uh, stiller's character chaz uh just very nonchalantly asks his mother for like 180 dollars, and she immediately writes a check to cash without even asking like
3: not only that man. write yourself the check and she'll yes. sign it so yes, they have that's access right. to the checkbook which is uh, you know i good. mean
0: inc- incredible 180 bucks in like 1980 like wow must be fucking sweet kids <laughs> and um, uh, this is yeah. Q- QXRs Alex Alec Baldwin by the way you're Oh listen, absolutely to dude the, uh, New York Philharmonic and the Royal Tenenbaums <laughs> <laughs> This was uh, I think the first time I had ever heard him do any kind of narration was like
2: absolutely you're good at this
0: Here's <laughs> the thing
1: Royal Tenenbaum bought the house on Archer Avenue <laughs> <laughs>
2: I would think um, this is the ship that, like, this this launches a thousand voiceover gigs for him. Like, yes. It, it
0: may well have been, yeah, uh, for sure. This was certainly the largest profile one, I think, at that point. Um, and Steve, like you said, just about, like, you know, these things being very literary. I mean, this book is, quote-unquote, Alec Baldwin reading to us, yes. more or less. What I love is when you're looking at, you know, each chapter, and it's kind of funny because there's only, like, six or seven chapters in the book or like six six chapters and then like a prologue and an epilogue or something but um when you read if you read the fake book page that's on the screen the words are not prose it's literally just like
2: the script yeah
0: yeah which is so fucking cool yeah
2: it's it's great and it's a it's a nod towards like what happens in adaptation between like what happens between a script and the actual movie. And, mm-hmm. like, doing that, and, like, it accounts for this dollhouse style he's doing, which is firmed up since Rushmore, which is just, it doesn't have any framing like that. Yeah. It's just a story, like what right. rock it is, whereas a lot of these since then are like this.
0: But the amount of, like, um, what do you want to call it there, pathos and uh, a character you get through this prologue alone of just watching these kids kind of grow up. And, like, and again, you are watching the dollhouse, like you're watching you know, uh, what do you call it there, uh, Chaz's room with all the business stuff. And like, this is where his t- teletype is. This is, you mm-hmm. know, whatever his- He started uh, taking
1: uh, his coffee, sitting up to save time or
0: whatever. <laughs> that, and then like, just every, at every turn you're meeting what a shithead Royal Tenenbaum is. Yes. And I oh, yeah. fucking love oh, it. Oh my God.
3: What is one of the first ones when he, uh, <clears throat> with Chaz where he, he's, they're doing the BB gun fight, which yes. is also seems pretty dangerous, but I guess that's what they existed for to begin with.
2: Yeah, BB oh, in the t- knuckle. Getting the BB right in the yeah. knuckle. But like yeah. kids were
3: just shooting each other with BB guns. All the time. Yeah. yeah, that was normal. you, were
0: shooting, you were supposed to be shooting like cans
2: and whatnot. Yeah. I don't think you were <laughs> supposed to be actually <laughs> shooting
1: each
3: you're other. Shooting your eye at. yeah. That's well, true.
2: yeah, you're supposed to use your Swiss Army knife just for like technical things and stuff. but To remove BBs around. from yeah. the flash. Yeah, yes. so he gets
3: the BB <laughs> lodged in there because Royal decides to switch sides of this <laughs> insane game.
0: It's so awesome. I mean, all all of these things are so fucking great. Like seeing their little like youth accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You know, like Chaz also breeds the Dalmatian mice, which they say he sells to a store downtown in Little Tokyo. Which mm-hmm. we should say. A thing that I love about this movie is is it's such a fairy tale vision of New York City, you know, to the point where it's so I mean, we don't have a little Tokyo. We don't have a Three hundred and seventy fifth Street for where the Y is located. In This but-
3: version, the access one, right? Yes. <laughs> that's why there's a little. Yeah, totally. There. Well, it's a New
2: York that's not about tourist stuff. It's a, yeah. it's an intimate New York. It's about like what it's like to walk around in New York, yes. especially in the neighborhoods that are, have houses, rather that's than what's, the place with the screens and the which people are shops. like this.
3: We should say. I mean, there yes. are families that are spra- rich and sprawling beyond belief on the Upper West Side.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this they say Royal bought this at thirty five. Can you imagine buying this house at thirty <laughs> <laughs> five? Like, other than being a Getty, I cannot imagine buying. He this put house. himself
0: through law school, Chris. He probably of waited course. extra tables on the weekends. Uh-huh, you know. That's right. Uh-huh. Just a
3: one million loan from his dad. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but I do. Yeah, I mean, I do think. Yeah, it's all of this is fake. There is no Colby General Hospital, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And yeah. like the, but you do, you know, being a lifelong New Yorker, like. It feels more New York, uh, especially like autumn and like early winter in New York, like all yeah. like the, the vanilla lighting you're getting, like these kind of amazing, uh, what do you call it, tableaus of, again, like street level New York. And like he specifically doesn't have any uh, landmarks or even like we're not even looking up at skyscrapers. It's all on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can't. That's what's cool. Like, I mean, Chris, like you said, it's not for tourists. It's like if you're trying to even look for something. You can't. All the street signs are covered up and fake. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yes. like
3: Midtown doesn't exist in this world. Thank God. No. I wish.
2: <laughs> Seriously. I do want to. I, uh, Chaz really got into breeding at nine years old. And, uh, started uh, watching mice fuck at uh, age of 10.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I love that he also dresses like a cartoon character. He's got like his little tie rotator. And you can see it's just like all the same tie, all the same shirts, all the same pants. Marco
1: Tenenbaum awoke at 9 a.m. And, uh, for her,
0: her shift at the Disney store. Um- <laughs> <laughs> She Richie Tenenbaum was a busboy at the at the Times
1: Square Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Every weekend, Royal would take them to the M and M store, <laughs> where they would <laughs> gorge themselves on peanut M and Ms. <laughs> they would go to the Michael
2: Jordan Steakhouse in Grand Central, enjoy a T-bone together.
0: Just the oh man, the New Yorkers, New York man. That's what it's about.
1: Absolutely. After a slice of Sbarro, they'd call it a day. <laughs> Every Saturday night,
0: Ethelene would take the family to eat at their favorite restaurant, the Times Square Olive Garden. Yes, uh, Royal was very insistent that the children experience the arts, watching Mrs. Doubtfire, Harry Potter plays, and Waitress
1: on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. And coming soon, Back to the Future on Broadway. Yeah, that's right, on Broadway.
2: This is what they're doing while me, me and Julio down by the schoolyard is playing. They're just going to all these different places. Oh man.
0: Uh I mean I, I, I love all of Margot's stuff. You know, adopted it to this is my adopted daughter, Margot. <laughs> just Tenenbaum. constantly
3: saying adopted. <laughs> oh my God.
0: That scene. It's, I, it's, it's gonna be hard for me to say what my favorite scene is. The scene when after the play, and they're like, What did you yes. think? Did you like the characters like? What Characters, a bunch of kids in animal costumes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he didn't find it very believable and shit. And, and it, well, don't, don't be mad at me, it's just one man's opinion. <laughs> just the the one birthday.
0: man's opinion. She's, and the little girl is fantastic. She's like, I'm going to bed, and the birthday
3: cake is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> what a
0: great punchline that it's her birthday. saying uh, this on, yes. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that was her first play she ever wrote for her 11th birthday party. Uh we're told given a $50,000 Braverman grant. Sh*t um, needed. Like, oh.
3: No, definitely not. <laughs> they just
0: put it on the fucking pile, dude. Isn't
3: it <laughs> crazy that like Ethel Tenenbaum's writing these books about what geniuses she's raising and oh yeah. how you put so much pressure on these kids to succeed? They're never gonna oh. Oh, well, That's why they're all fucking yeah. burnouts that, in their mid 20s. They're
2: overscheduled to shit. Did you see that fucking
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Calendar oh, yeah. they
2: got it's all hell. Yes, it's I, it looks I like my
3: calendar right now. <laughs> really
0: sure. I got to tell you though, I love that shot of in, the great Angelica Houston, one mm. of our finest. Um, you know, it's supposed to be like the early 80s, late 70s or something like that and uh, you know, she's dressed like a 70s mom and she's in the phone booth making the appointments for like, you know, uh, uh, Chaz's like Italian language lessons or something like that. And she's like juggling all the kids. It's such a great little composition of that life and sort of without Alec Baldwin, you know, yipping to you about like all the shit that they're yeah. up to. Yeah. You still glean like this is an incredibly active and overly active
2: uh, family, well, yeah, and they they don't uh, they don't go zoom out too much to like the rest of like because you know fucking her neighbor a- Ethel's neighbors and like her like society friends fucking hate her like <laughs> if you publish a book called Family of Geniuses, yeah, everybody yeah. fucking hates you because I, I, you, you, you you oh my kid he fucking wrote a book about his a, a play about a zebra yelling at a lion she's a genius. Like, I do <laughs> and I do think that, like, you know what I mean, Wes Anderson, I mean, I do think that there's gonna be
0: some divisive people in our comments, people who just hate Wes Anderson style and the whole thing. and I totally <laughs> <off>. <laughs> that's I was about to say it's fine. but I mean, it's a thing <laughs> where, like, this is the dude's milieu. Like, he's just working in yeah. a... Ri- like, some people tell stories about hard scrabble street characters, and some people tell stories about rich, bougie fucks and how miserable it is to be a rich, uh, bougie fuck. Right. And I mean, like, again, g- literally growing oh. up really close to poor... I don't feel isolated from that. Like I, I my, my growing up was nowhere near like mm-hmm. this. However, yeah. I could relate to it a, through various other stuff. Like I think all of the family dynamics are really good. You know, the shithead father, the whole thing, you know what I mean? There's a lot to, for a, a lot of people to relate to well, that don't in, have in bottle, money in it.
3: In bottle rocket and in Rushmore, it's very focusing on yes. poor characters. Yeah. And then once you get here, he st- he stops doing that i guess Cause, i mean because this is you know his masterpiece and i get that but i do and i know this well i'll get some booze now because i feel like life aquatic is a fall off not that it's bad but um, and Darjeeling limited I, I just felt like we did not get these heights again but we yeah. were still sticking around the rich people whatever grand budapest hotel on the other hand i loved and french dispatch left me a little cold unfortunately
0: but with both of those, at least, you can totally say, like, while there are some, uh, of course, wealthy characters in those movies, it's not a hardcore, you know, zeroing in on the difficult
2: lives of rich people. Yeah, no, no, <clears throat> you but, know what I mean? No, no. It, and that's the thing is that his style reflects like, yes, I'm into this fancy shit. I'm like, that's just me. I'm sorry. And like yeah. his movies do deal with class. And like uh, the only thing I, I I understand the the criticism. But it's not like, I'm sure all those people who make these comments are went to see Maria Full of Grace the first weekend it came out and is really interested <laughs> in all poor people's cinema. I'm sure they're really fucking into it. I'm sure they're not just going to see fucking Marvel movies like the rest of the fucking hogs. No, no, no. I'm whoa. Sure. Whoa. whoa! Oh. Oh.
3: Oh. It's okay to like a movie. It's okay to dislike a movie. I, it
2: is. It is 100%. But I find that so ridiculous because it's not like it's not like you pay attention to movies about poor people
3: anyway. Yeah, it's, that's. It's not That's even true. a That's fucking true. thing. But yeah, it's I,
0: incredibly valid. And I'll just say also Maria Full of Grace, tough but very good movie. Good movie. <laughs> yeah. A hell uh, of a movie.
3: And this Wes Anderson for whatever faults you have with him, at least it's an it's a director with an an American director with an actual vision that is still allowed to produce movies, make movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very fucking true. You don't have a lot of these folks in this country anymore we don't support arts that way no 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 and i do love the opening so like we do the whole uh prologue with all the kids stuff and then like we i I think i forget the line is something like all of that was shattered by decades of betrayal uh disappointment and depression or whatever the hell the thing is really oh i actually i found it (laughs) good call I i wrote it down betrayal failure and disaster, <laughs> and you get to see all these people grown up or in the t- present timeline. I love that it's all people getting dressed again. Very dollhouse, like you know what I mean. Like yeah. a perfectly framed shot of them in some incredible uh location or, or, or some in- incredibly specific location, getting dressed. And like Royals is the absolute worst because his life is a fucking wreck. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I,
2: I, I, it's so amazing that the beginning is so succinct and so fluid that it really does take. Till you see Mordecai flying, mm-hmm. till you understand that hey Jude is playing in the background. Yes, like all of a sudden, I'm like right. it's the fucking Beatles. I, didn't, I was like, what? <laughs> 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 what that? This fat? Okay, fine, great. Yeah, you're opening with the Beatles. That's that's a pretty bold statement, there, buddy. And then yeah, the, I, I love this theatrical like showing the actors mm-hmm. in the. Oh yeah, I mean perfect. it's
0: it's great because the first title card you see is twenty two years later, and then it runs through this whole cast, you know, yes. and it gets the people out of the way that we've already met so the the tenenbaum family and then yeah expands to like danny glover and you know bill murray's character and you know all of these other people that are going to be you know bouncing around here but yes we're told that this this whole story is getting kicked off because royal finds out he's getting booted
3: from the
1: Lindbergh palace hotel
3: <laughs> and is this opening is is it a little like um a magnificent Ambersons. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I know that's an influence on this film, but I do love that movie.
0: Yeah, another you know movie about uh, you know a family, a once great family's fall. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't recall if they do a uh,
2: a opening victory lap mm-hmm. kind of credit thing in that movie.
0: Maybe it's entirely possible.
3: About, I might be thinking about the end credits.
2: I yeah, I don't know for sure, but there is a very similar like the density of the the all the stuff he puts in frames is very much Wellesian. Like, the way he packs the screen with things to look at is very Orson Welles stuff.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my craft together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot W-H-M. um and we're told that uh, you know he's been living in this hotel for 22 years after being
3: disbarred and imprisoned briefly in the <laughs> 1980s also just living in a hotel room for 22 years oh but Man. also he was disbarred
0: yeah. and imprisoned because his son wanted him to you know what yeah. i mean like it's basically yep. his son turned him in for like you know all the thievery and the fuckery and blah 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 there's that uh they, they see him you see him in some sort of small court where it's uh i i just love the thing where it, gene hackman is fucking terrific in this movie it's it's this it's the shot where it's something something and he stole bonds from my, my safe deposit box when I was 20 12 years old and then it just cut and Hackman is just in the frame and then he just does this like chuckle, like, <laughs>
2: like a sheepish yeah. chuckle because he's got nothing to say about it. Come on, uh, judge. I mean, yeah. come on, come on. I mean, you gotta imagine Royal was hanging out with Roy Cohn, he was hanging out with Trump. <laughs> oh. oh, if he was a litigator in the 80s, I mean, give me a break. He was probably arrested outside of Club 54. I would imagine I mean I don't know where else Studio 54 yeah
0: yeah, yeah. well maybe he associated with those dudes but I'm not gonna um, sit here for a second and hear you presume that he may have been on the flight logs (laughs) the very first if he's a litigator all those motherfuckers
3: (laughs) were fucking defense people on the flight logs I fucking love that riding with Bill Clinton and shit
0: hi
2: Kevin Spacey I'm a huge fan oh man
0: uh and you know speaking of like the literariness of it all we are introduced to the adult eli cash of course played by owen wilson and him doing this book reading for his book old custer <laughs> and you know this is the great and they rode on into the friscalating dusk light and it's the fucking like interview about like everybody knows custer died at little Bighorn. but what my book presupposes is Maybe he didn't. This is <laughs> so, just the fucking bottom of yeah. the barrel literary shit.
3: Immediately on the phone with someone like, <sighs> in, in your review, you said specifically not a genius. Said <laughs> is I was so, when he's talking mean?
0: to Margo, I was like, why did he say I was specifically not a genius? And he's like, why you agreed <laughs> to that really fast? Yeah.
3: Wow.
0: <laughs> I, oh, wow. I think he's great in this. Uh, Owen yeah. I, I will say um, he's... I, I like the Darjeeling, Darjeeling Limited probably maybe more than a lot of people, and I think that he's a real reason to watch that movie. He's really right. bad. I, I need to go back to be Ooh. fair to that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. I saw it, I saw it precisely one time in theaters, and the fucking Criterion Blu Ray has been sitting on the old two watch show I for think quite a while. My
3: initial response to that movie was: there's just it got a little too rich person navel gazing. But sure. mm. I need to reevaluate. Like I said,
0: I, I think that movie does better with Indian culture than uh, Temple of I, Doom. I, Isle of Do- yeah a yes uh and b Isle of Dogs does with Japanese culture I will say oh that. for sure that is oh so there's listen all of my appreciation for that movie is in the stop motion animation <laughs> yes and that's where it fucking ends mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of real ick in that movie uh, and also I will say I have not gone back to that since theaters yep, as well did but,
3: it. oh and he did yeah. a Fantastic Mr Fox right oh yes, yes. that's credible. a great one.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Uh, but yes, they're all
3: poor in that. They're all fucking animals that live in the woods. <laughs> yeah. They they have the luxury of no
0: money. <laughs>
2: They live under a tree, okay, people? <laughs> that's pretty tough, okay? Could you do
0: that? Um, yeah, so like uh, we find out that uh, Margo is uh, sleeping with Eli Cash and you see Richie writing an, uh, a letter, or uh, dictating a letter on some steamship that he's on, because his that's what his life is these days, jumping steamship to steamship.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Man,
0: that is a solitary existence, dude. Mm-hmm. If you need to get some thinking done just hop some steamers for a while man also by the way a thing they're only letting fucking rich white people that's That's right i was
3: about to say like it's good thing he gets off and transfers to the queen helena back to the east coast because otherwise he might have ended up in the triangle of sadness (laughs) <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, just
0: Richie a yakking it up. Yeah. Oh my God, totally. He's getting fuck It's coming out both ends for him. <laughs> <laughs> which you totally see in that movie, by the way. Love that. Mm. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so like, but and the last thing he ends his letter with is I think I might be in love with Margot. Stop. Uh, which is, you know, great. And Gwyneth Paltrow is phenomenal in this movie. She is, I, I, I think this is her best performance. Oh, I think so, too. It's just it's she gets the cadence so well. There's like a like I think that, you know, it's easy with Anderson to be like, oh, all the characters are so flat. They're just doing, you know, saying things, you know, very monotonously and not not the good ones. And certainly not her. I think that there's so much energy and uh, emotion behind so much of what she's saying and doing.
2: Well, I mean, that's the well, thing with Gwyneth Paltrow is that she's <clears throat> always best when she has a director. Like, mm-hmm. fucking Fincher knows what to do with her. Anderson knows what to do with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, whoever, I, I guess, whoever did Shakespeare in Love kind of knew what to do with her. Uh, but, like, once it's just her, like, it is just goop, I hear. That's all I hear is <laughs> her, goop, her goop voice. That's all I hear. Her
3: goop voice. Can you do a, uh, an impression of that goop voice?
2: I, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: there you go, ladies <laughs> you and go. gentlemen. There you go.
0: That was uh John Madden, by the way. Not the famous deceased football coach, but the English director who did Shakespeare in Love, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, right. Proof, Miss Sloane, all these movies you really want to see.
2: Judy Dench is doing the best work of her life right now, okay? <laughs> Watch what's happening in front of the cameras. You, folks. you
0: got Ben Affleck coming over here and and, and you're gonna have Joseph Fiennes ram, right up the middle, right up the middle, ram. <laughs> Uh, Then you're coming over here, you got the best exotic marigold hotel, (laughs) and what's going to happen is Maggie Smith's going to run right up the middle and go, oh my God, Indian people are real people.
3: (laughs) That's the point of that film, Jim. But Shakespeare in Love, you went right down to the end zone, touchdown, Oscar, (laughs) 26 years old, Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) you barely see it, folks, and uh, couldn't really live up to anything after that. I guess family of genius right there.
2: But they ignore old John Madden, of course. I have to go back to my old job at the NFL.
0: (laughs) Margot Tinnenbaum is romantically involved with another young, rich luminary, Anthony Stark, at the other
1: end of New York City. (laughs) Tony Stark's father bought the huge tower in midtown <laughs> Manhattan at the age of 34. Royal Tenenbaum has been living 22 years in a hotel suite in the Avengers Tower.
2: <laughs> I don't like you dating that Stark guy. I knew his father. He ripped me off in a real estate scam. All B- right.
1: Pagoda worked in the engine room of a one of those Avengers flying. Uh, <laughs> started, no. Um, one of those flying battleships they have. Yeah, yeah they got him. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I do love I
0: think actually what he, speaking of Robert Downey Jr. would do well in a Wes Anderson movie if he'd ever allow himself to do a movie no no it's kind of surprising you do. know here, here's, here's my hope though right after his experience with Chris Smith making the documentary about his father I really hope something like clicked inside of him that was like oh I can add value to non-superhero movies again and like maybe he now will become a little more choosy, you know, he'll stop fucking things up,
2: like almost starring in good shit and then not and just producing it instead. Oh, yeah. he will be in a, a production of Pinocchio where he's placed Geppetto and Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, God. You're right, Chris. The
0: only movies we're allowed to make anymore for adults are Pinocchio movies. Which, I don't know. I, that's what we did. By the way, by the way, by the way, he did want to do that. Right, oh, Listen, Jesus. you
3: kids go to bed Mommy and daddy are going to stay up and watch Pinocchio, he gets wood <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
2: The well, R-rated rated Pinocchio.
0: That, that Pinocchio, like, it's because it's not so much like I want to be a real boy. It's like this this
3: pervert Geppetto, like, mm-hmm. making a sex doll in his own visage, yes. you know, His own likeness, rather. And he impregnates it with his own life force one day, and it Ooh. comes to life. Oh,
2: man, Eric, we're writing for Black Mirror now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Let's get it together. Any, anyone could write for
3: Black Mirror. Yeah,
2: though, we got a good premise here. <laughs> um...
0: So, you know, the whole thing, yeah, he gets kicked out of the apartment. That's what we're at. He gets kicked out of the apartment and everything, uh, or the hotel, rather. And so his whole scam is, I'm going to, you know, crash with my my estranged family for a while because I'm totally fucking broke. And the way I'm going to do this is a really unforgivable way. I'm going to pretend that I'm dying. Uh, I mean, uh, Chaz has already moved back home because... He doesn't think that his apartment is safe. He's running crazy drills. His wife died in a plane crash.
3: Hilarious detail that the children were also there and the dog, and they all survived and she died. (laughs) Yes.
2: I I also love the fact that for, like, everything else, like we've said, is, like, very well-framed, you know, very, like, firm and, like, still. For the Chaz as an adult, Ben Stiller with Ari and Uzi, uh, he goes handheld for a little bit. Yeah. Yes. To show the how nervy he is and how like out of control he is since and he leaves fucking Buckley.
0: Yeah. What this a fucking, bullshit. Fucking son of a bitch. W- Wes Anderson said it is cruelty to dogs. I'll never get over it. No. Uh, Bastard.
2: Bastard. But
0: I, I I gotta say also, I mean, I get it, dude. You're having a nervous breakdown because your wife died. It's a really hard time. This, that, and the other thing. And not to knock, you know. Ethel's house, man, the Tenenbaum household, you know, on Archer Avenue still looks pretty rad. Yeah. But this fucking like it's good four story like West End Avenue apartment that Ben Stiller's running out of in this movie. Oh
2: yeah. Damn, dude.
0: Yeah. That's a Patrick Bateman kind of shit. Oh, yeah. This He's is a, a
2: this is a real house where Glenn Close could stalk your family in.
0: Well, Andrew <laughs> he has a preternatural understanding of international finance, okay? That's mm-hmm. how you get that house. Yeah, I mean, Do you right. have
2: a preternatural understanding of
0: international finance? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't have a preternatural understanding of fucking domestic finance, dude. As
3: a child, he negotiated the uh, purchase of his father's uh, you know, vacation home.
0: See, oh, on Eagle Island, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. See,
2: Ari and Uzi, greed
0: is good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, and, and Ben Seller's, I mean, I, I'm gonna say everybody's great in this movie. I do love, uh, so he moves in, and there's this, uh, there's a lot of stuff, um, of the sal, like a lot of Salinger influences on this, specifically the Glass family stories, oh, yeah. um, and no more so than this scene between Margot and her mother when she's at the bath and the mom comes oh, in. Oh, yep. That's very Franny and Zoe as well, which is also a glass family story. I feel like Franny and Zoe like fucking half that book takes place with someone sitting in a bathtub. Absolutely. <laughs> Hot stuff. And your wow. mom is watching you, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> um,
3: I'll have to learn to read. shit <laughs> <laughs>
0: But there's this great line that tells you so much about all these characters. She, uh, Angelica Houston's like, you know, Chaz moved back in uh, because, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's going through a hard time. He's very depressed. And then... Uh, Margo, well, Margaret goes, why is he allowed to do that? As yes. it, like, this idea that everybody wants to move back in and everybody wants to, like, recapture living at home and in still, this incredibly creepy way. And but
3: still speaking in that child way of, like, yes. something yeah. being allowed. or
0: not. Exactly. Also, yes. yeah, I mean, also it it hints at, like, she's fucking asked Ethelene this before and has possibly been turned down. Mm-hmm. For some reason. Um, and you'd want to fucking move back with your parents too if you were married to Raleigh St. Clair <laughs> and his, his fucking dude Dudley here, man. I love that the first real whiff of Bill Murray you get in this movie, he's basically doing like mental acuity tests on this kid, much like the first time you meet him in Ghostbusters. Where's that, yeah. red,
3: where's that red one
0: going to go? <laughs> How interesting. How bizarre. He's so delighted every time he finds out like more fucked up details about this kid's affliction. Oh, the, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah he suffers from uh, X, Y, Z and uh, and even colorblind. Uh, he has an acute sense of hearing and has colorblindness. Yes. He's three rooms away. And I mean, like, these are the kinds of jokes that Wes Anderson loves that I love that have nothing to do with wealth or anything. They're just kind of zany. You know what I mean? It's like yep. someone whispering in another room saying that someone has acute sense of hearing and colorblindness and the kid fucking four rooms away going, I'm not colorblind, am I? And he's like, (laughs) (laughs) yes,
2: I'm afraid you are. (laughs) Add that to the laundry list of Dudley syndrome or whatever he's called it. All you have to do is meet Dudley to understand why this marriage is falling apart. Because (laughs) Dudley clearly does. He has all these very strange. He's uh, a a rally is writing a book on him. Dudley's world. We see it at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dudley probably does not shower. He probably does not think that is necessary. He probably does not think that brushing your teeth. He thinks that's probably you're, you're, it's overkill doing it every day. You probably only have to do it once a month. <laughs> Did that's you rel- keep...
3: Did you relate to this character? A hundred
2: uh, <laughs> percent, because I've also ruined a hundred marriages because fucking scientists have been studying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh.
3: I didn't mean any of that.
0: Uh, but... Um. Well, uh, the cool thing too, uh, it's a nice thing of like. Again, just like the class talk here, a little bit right is like she. We're told she hasn't written a play in like seven years or something like that, and she's living with Raleigh St. Clair in this. You know, he's doing his research in the house, like in the kitchen or whatever. When Etheline like goes to pick her up and take her, you know, back to the Tenenbaum house, uh, you clearly see they live in some. They live in a single family house as well. But it's somewhere like, you know, LIC or, yeah. you know, yeah. far
3: out in the boroughs. In Brooklyn somewhere. or something. Yeah, it is. But it's still a nice place. But it definitely, you feel like, I guess, in the terms of like New York City sense, that's like being quite literally another island away. Like they, yeah. she's yeah. far from home there.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Totally.
0: Um, yeah, so it's this nice, like, all the kids back under the one roof. I think
2: Alec Baldwin tells us for the first time in 17 years. Oh, man. Richie, uh, uh, fucking Gwyneth Paltrow going to meet, uh, Margo going to meet Richie at the bus oh. station is, like, with uh, These Days uh, <sighs> kicking in. One of, yep. like, one of the best needle drops, period. Like, I, I, I one of my favorites to this day. I, I It's such an elegant way, and it's a, such a song that I'm not sure I could imagine it being used any other place. Yeah. It's just yeah. You know, and it's incredible.
0: And they do I mean like the movie never actually uh it is weird and which uh, Owen Wilson says uh that your brother has a crush on you and it's weird and gross. And even though they're <laughs> adopted the movie never shies away that it's kind of weird and kind of gross. It was you know just, what I mean?
1: At the time it was just normal on the upper west side I and mean, <laughs> we had the devious Woody Allen household on one side and then we had the the ten bumps
2: on the other. House Allen and House Tenenbaum, <laughs> were in t- constant war
0: at one another. That's why I find that to be a a, a kind of a weird couples costume. TBQH. T- oh, you are we still seeing that, dude? Every Halloween you'll really? see a, Rich, a Richie and Margot. I, f- I feel
3: I, they're like what forty-five or fifty these couples.
0: <laughs> I mean, you, I think younger kids are finding this movie probably. Listen, here's the thing: it's not here's a couples the thing. costume. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can go as all three of the kids, but you need a third. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good move. You know what I mean? It's not a couple's costume. If you can get someone in a red tracksuit, though. I mean, the
3: real reason is it's an easy costume, right? Yeah. Also that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Precisely. The tennis band, you know, a blazer or whatever. You know, you're done.
2: Yeah, and if you're just like screwing around with each other, maybe just be the Eli Cash and Margot. There you go. Yeah, that's you fun.
3: You don't have to do yeah. that. Well, Richie see, that's thing. the thing. That's a harder costume the fringe jacket I and the guess hat. That's true. It's more expensive
0: for yeah. sure. Yeah. Dude, the fucking that's a great Owen Wilson moment in this movie when uh uh Margot gets back to her bedroom after coming home and she goes in the room and fucking Owen Wilson is in the closet and like she turns on the light and she's like, I know you're there, or whatever it is. And he comes out like in tidy whiteies and he puts the cowboy hat on, like, <laughs> hello, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a total asshole. Oh, uh gosh. I think Owen Wilson had to wear a wig in this movie for a lot of it because he was still either filming reshoots or shoots of behind enemy lines. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. Jesus. I, I didn't even tell. Yeah, because I, I, I think that's why he's wearing the hat a
2: lot. Is oh. that where he got the little scar, too? Oh, possibly.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was
3: behind enemy lines. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's With right. Gene Hackman. Uh- <laughs> Oh
0: yeah, Gene Hackman is in that movie, yeah. right? I yeah. believe this, this so. Text, is this Texas some bitch going to be in all my movies? I'm retiring. I am retiring.
2: I don't have to Done be with a, it. I don't have to be in the same room with him, do I?
0: Okay, that's what that's what Gene Hackman was actually yelling in that one scene. He's like, "I know you, asshole." <laughs> oh, yes, he was just yelling at Owen Wilson. He wasn't yelling at the character. Uh, we should say, I mean, probably one of my favorite movie scenes in Wes Anderson history is uh Hackman telling Angelica Houston that he's going to die it's yes. so good it like you it's one shot and it the the way the two of them play off each other and you know he does it he's like I'm dying baby and she's like Crying. She's like, what's the prognosis? Oh, my God. She and gets to c- complete despair. Where, where's the doctor? Yes. <laughs> where's the doctor? What did the doctor say? Oh. What's the prognosis? <laughs> All right, I'm not like, dying. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a little time. And she just goes, what's wrong with you? And hits him so fucking hard. And oh, then walks man. away. And then comes back into this shot. because, like, no, I am really dying. <laughs> he goes back and forth. Oh, my Are God. you or aren't you? Yes. Oh, man. They have... The times where they get to just be alone, Mm -hmm. I think it's only really like twice that scene. And then when they're walking in Central Park later, which is another just beautiful moment. But it's a beautiful moment in a royal tenenbaum way where it's just like, I'd like to thank you for uh, doing a great job raising our children, by the way. (laughs) It's like, all right, man, (laughs) that is one way to say that. Oh, I just love it. But the, to get back to the Nico thing for a second, I mean, that was like the way that they set that up, too, is great because it's Richie like getting off the boat and Baldwin's flapping his gums about like, you know, Richie arranged for his handler that he always had when he was on the pro tour to pick him up. And it's just as great as always. She was late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it, boom into the these days. And that was the the first time I'd ever heard Nico oh, I yeah. oh, really? ever heard her voice. I mean, I, you know, my folks. Did not listen to Velvet Underground, unfortunately. I had to find it myself, and so like that movie. I mean, that's why I said too the soundtrack was like so important to me. Just like finding all you know, like Nick Drake, and there's like that terrible fucking Dylan tune. Wigwam is yeah. on the set, like so much stuff. But like this song, you know, and it's so funny because so many like they even say it in the the Todd Haynes movie too, they, at the Velvet Underground. They talk about like, oh yeah, Nico and blah blah blah. She was so weird. She had this weird voice, and and it's like I never in my life until seeing that documentary thought that her voice was weird i think she had this incredible voice yeah. this beautiful fucking voice absolutely mm-hmm. and just in this in this moment and just the slow mo and just the two of them and there's so much like she's saying shit to him and he's not responding it's kind of like han solo talking to chewbacca in a way <laughs> it's like it's like gwyneth paltrow like says you know something about his hair his clothes or something like that and you know, he's not saying anything and she's still just carrying on the conversation like knowing what his answers are anyway. It's a great fucking moment.
3: Yes. And also what's great about this moment is like when he gets off, he disembarks the ship and stuff and you see that giant goddamn ship. Wes Anderson yes. gets this fucking crazy old bus out to be in this movie. Everything be- is so so well sourced. Yes.
0: Yeah, and, and it's it's it adds this air of weird you know timelessness right? right he's traveling into new york city on a huge fucking boat right and then this he uses it throughout the whole movie but the quote-unquote green line bus we don't yeah. have those here but like that's just yeah this old it looks like the bus they drive off the bridge in and fucking heart and soul so. <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> i mean it's important like that's to me is so important to what he creates in all these movies is the fact that like he does take the moment to be like no i'm just gonna make a slightly fictional version of this but mm-hmm. I'm going to put the effort in to show you it. Like, I'm not yeah. just going to... Like, like, the fact that you see the the covers of all these books that are talked yes. about. Yes. Stuff That's like that so cool. is, to me, is so important to what he's getting at and the way of breaking up a visual the visual momentum of a a, a movie without losing narrative momentum. Like, and, actually yeah. moving the thing. And the cover,
0: I mean, you know, uh, tells you so much about when the book was published, what the book is, you know, what the, who the book is trying to speak to. Like, you get so much in that flash of what the cover is it, 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 it he's he's really insane about that i also love for talking about stuff the gypsy cabs uh, yes. oh oh yes. the gypsy yes. cab company which is a great joke of cabs uh, without medallions in new york are called gypsy cab you, you have been at least you know when i was growing up called gypsy cabs. so much right. so uh, i remember uh, first day of school i think i was like 10 11 or something my mom picked me up in a cab. Uh, I had all my, like, sh- all your brand new school stuff, your new school bag, your new books, the whole bit. And I left it in the in the car. Oh, and- yeah, you did. And, you know, didn't have a lot of money. So my mom was, you know, upset. Like, oh, my God, we're, we're going to figure out how to do this thing. And I was like, oh, I got an idea. And I called information and I asked for the number of the gypsy cab company. I really, and this is like, you know, 15 years before this movie came out. And that was actually a way to get out of trouble because she thought that was hilarious. I was like, nice. Yeah, that's pretty great. Accidentally got out of trouble by that one. He was he was so
3: cute. We're gonna forget all this stuff that Uh, happened. Speaking of those cabs, that Dudley guy's got a good moment here with like this piece of shit, like the thing, it's rusted out. It's got like a missing window, like cardboard window or whatever. And Dudley's response is That car's got a dent in it.
0: (laughs) There's another one. There's so many small
3: jokes like that that are amazing. And there's amazing visual jokes, too. Like when, um, uh, you know, Danny Glover is approaching Angelica Houston and we get the the montage of her previous suitors is some of my favorite moments of the film, even though it's so brief. Just seeing the guy Franklin Benedict with, like, the eye patch or whatever, you know, there's, like, each image of each guy is so, like, There's got to be such a ridiculous story to it, and it's just another rich, weird asshole like royal kind of
2: right. Well, yeah, the frame tells you the story. That's the thing with him is that the like the uh, uh, all of them, uh, Franklin Benedict, uh, Oshima, uh, all those characters are like you see one shot of them and you're like, oh, I get it. I get Mm -hmm. everything that happened with these guys.
0: One of them's like an Arctic explorer (laughs) or something. I I don't. And then there's another one later when he, because you know Danny Glover asks for. Uh, you know, Ethelene's hand in marriage, you know, and he says like, you know, I know I'm just an accountant and I, I worry I don't live up to, you know, some of your other suitors, like Admiral Cartwright is another one. <laughs> I think it was
3: General Cartwright, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think you're right. But yeah. That's what I love too. And he, it's also great because he mentions Franklin Benedict again. Yeah. I just love that that guy is resurfacing a few times.
0: I just oh, man. And, I mean look Glover is fantastic. Talk about casting against type, you know what I mean? This is not a tough guy yep. role. This is not Predator 2 Daniel Glover. It's very quiet. He's he's a Kills bumbling it. he's a bumbling nerd. It's it, and he's like so sweet. It's endearing. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. Exactly. Yep. It's there's so many moments I love that are just so fucking awesome with him. You know, like again, the scene, you know, it's right after he says fucking general cartwright or <sighs> whatever. Like she's walking with him on this archaeological dig site, which when you look at the background, it is hilarious because like we we do learn from the Baldwin uh, you know, prologue that like Ethel went on to become an archaeologist and she often helps out when like the city is digging a new spot for a building or something and it's just literally an entire human skeleton like,
3: <laughs> in this fucking dig and site that they're just at slowly like dusting it like it's uh it's like ancient rome or something you know yeah. totally probably and just just, a, you know a, you know one of our dead it's just one of our scores of dead
0: in this town Absolutely. and uh it is funny though because danny glover's like walking after her mm. and he falls in the fucking hole uh, that's really great I, when he goes to read at the end and he gets his glasses out and the the ties like stuck to the glasses yes. and she takes it off that's such a beautiful moment too well
2: yeah the, the whole thing with uh, him being when she, he's like well I know it's going to be rough with you and she's like you know I haven't been with a man yeah. 18 Royal. years 18 Oops. years and uh, I think isn't that where wigwam comes on I think mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I, I, it's just such a uh, a beautiful like little like it, talking about sex and it's like it, it it like still has that excitement to it it's like an innocent excitement about sex being rekindled rather they're like than... kiss they're
0: like kissing kind of sweet
2: it's not like making
0: out yes. it's like he he kisses her once on the lips and then like on the cheek and they're like just legitimately excited that this is happening yeah, yeah. it's so great it's, I mean like I think that that's sort of something I think uh twee is used a lot and Anderson thrown like darts but I do think that like there is sexual lives in all of his movies. Like, yes. sex is very present. Like, he doesn't have a lot of sex scenes, or I don't even know, maybe any. Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to scratch it? my brain. There um, was that
3: um, short hotel in
0: uh, front. Chevalier. Yeah, yeah, that
3: at least had nudity, I believe. Did it? <laughs> Dude, there was some nudity. <laughs> there, there was this movie n- nudity Me? in this movie briefly. Oh,
0: yeah. Yes. My first uh, job, uh, I had an office. Like, everyone had offices because it was a really small book publishing company. And I, I had a buddy who was like in his mid 20s too, and we're like Wes Anderson head losers. Like, oh, the new Wes Anderson short movie came out. He's like, you want to watch it in my office? I'm like, absolutely. So we closed (laughs) Uh the door and we're just like, it's going to be a Wes Anderson short. Mm -hmm. They're going to be eating tea cakes. And it's like this this incredibly, (laughs) yes. And then he took it out. This incredibly graphic sexual thing. And we're like, oh, awesome. You know, uh, and uh, then uh, Natalie Portman. This is, oh, yeah, she's kind of getting, oh, she's bruised too. That's something. (laughs) (sighs) <laughs> <sighs> boy all right I will uh, see you at the meeting sir mm-hmm. talk to you did soon you, uh, did you then never speak to that man ever <laughs> again? No, we were friends but it was a very awkward moment I love uh, so you know Royal is at the house and he's like you know explaining I want to spend some time with you and he's like I thought I'd start uh, by taking you up to see your grandmother <laughs> you know and uh, there's the great like Margo's like oh I've never been up there you know I've <sighs> never invited you know i was never invited and she's like or he says you know well she wasn't your real grandmother i never knew how much interest it's <laughs> <whatever."> so
1: <laughs> hilarious
0: and then it's fucking great because uh luke wilson you know is like uh you know richie says uh oh you know and uh rachel's buried there too uh and fucking royal tenenbaum goes who <laughs> my wife will have to swing by her grave too <laughs> And the slam Swing of the book, by. the slam of the book, and S- Stiller storming out. Stiller is like, he's uh, yeah, sustained rage in this movie is really fantastic, and, uh, and necessary. Which is why he's the perfect person yes. for that, yeah. you know, because like that little, the
3: little curly haired powder keg is like yes. what that dude built his career on. And the and like towards the end when he he gets emotional with uh, his father, it's it, and he breaks yeah. that facade. It's it it you, pays re- off. yeah, oh you, yeah, it pays pays off big time. Incredibly powerful. Um, yes,
2: great. The I gotta say when they go to the they go to the uh, grave site and nothing to me for I don't know why but nothing to me is funnier than uh, Richie when the guy says. Bomber, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I remember that so well. I don't know why that was. Him, yeah, and he, and he points at and him. He like, like That's curls perfect. his hand
3: back. He's like, yeah, "All right, all right,
2: all right!" Like, the, like he's so excited <laughs> to see the bomber, and
0: that happens again too because uh with the first scene when he's uh, the the, the, the green line, scene, yeah, yeah. It just there's this other guy's like, "Hey, bomber, we got a picture." <laughs> it's just I love that he's like this. He's a ten- he's like, it's like a Mac and Row dude. You stop, stop
3: the bomber in the street. Definitely a Mac and Row type. Yeah, because uh, mm-hmm. of his poster. Big, famous tennis meltdown. Yeah. Oh god. That
0: that I think they they show in this this uh Sequence, the yeah. trip to the cemetery and it's just, you know, bad old TV footage of him just fucking losing it and it's oh, Wes yes. Anderson and Andrew Wilson as the two like announcers or whatever. Mm. God damn, that's funny! It's so great. Them going back and forth. Like, I've never seen anything like this, Jim. Seventy-two <laughs> unforced errors. Uh, <laughs> I believe he's, he's he's down
2: to one sock. What, just, is, <laughs> what is he looking to over there? Oh, I believe that's his uh, sister, uh, Margot Tenbaum, with her new uh, husband, Riley Saint Clair. Oh, they were they married must- just yesterday. You know, that's right, Jim.
0: <laughs> yes, it's just such a great like exposition joke—a yep. joke on exposition. Well, because you don't understand where it's going at first, because the yes. setup is Royal being like, what happened to you out there that day, Bomber? It's also a thing where he's <laughs> telling his son he lost a shit ton of money yes. gambling on him. <laughs> so it's like this is this whole flashback is to answer the question. And it's like, well, what happened to him was Margot got married. But it's all like yes. that answer is at the back end of this bodega filled with other jokes and you know I, and i mean like he's got so I, mean, I feel like wes Anderson, like you know wells is a good comparison there's a lot of mel brooksiness here too like oh, just yeah. the zaniness of these jokes and like mm-hmm. it's you, the breaking of the fourth wall like, he, we never he never actually breaks the fourth wall but he gets so close to it all the time yeah and i feel like if he were to do that mm-hmm. like uh, that's a fridge too far. Oh, you me. don't think you should do a Deadpool movie? Or,
3: uh, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, you know, that might save Show the franchise. <laughs> oh, finally, Wes
0: it. Anderson is in the MCU. No, you know,
3: th- ah. we need people. We need some people to not be in the MCU. That'd so, be fucking great. So it's good that he
2: isn't. But oh, Lars Von Trier has joined the MCU. Oh, that'd be amazing. That's a, that's a day I'm waiting for, right there. Well, you
0: should do it because that's that's what would break it. Yeah. That's <laughs> what would it would be like. You know what? We're not making any more of these. Tom
3: Six
1: joins the MCU. (laughs) Uh, Finally, eat her shit, Iron Man! That's right, the human centipede is now going to be a villain to Iron Man and Captain America.
2: Yes, they wanted to make a a villain movie with the abomination. So I make a movie about abominations.
1: Oh, that's great, Tom.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Alec. Would you like to do some mocap for me?
1: Oh, I'll have to get back to you on that.
2: Oh, that goes so much. I got to tell you, I'm really sad
0: because I just thought of a a superhero Wes Anderson movie that I'd actually like and it would be good and 10 people in the audience are going to get what I'm talking about. The Elongated Man for DC
3: is a bougie...
1: uh... (laughs)
0: Oh, boy. Yes, you're right. (laughs) he
3: He can make his dick long.
0: Yes, he could. He's a Mister Fantastic type. He's a stretchy guy, but he was a bougie detective with a a very uh, affluent wife, and they would go, go around solving
2: mysteries. Oh, That's a, movie, that's a Wes
0: Anderson movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: look for. I mean, they're not looking for a, a, a new uh, strategy because they're sinking, but uh, DC <laughs> uh, should do something like that. I would, mm-hmm. That would be a smart move, I think. <laughs>
0: um, I love the scene where Royal goes to the top of the Y. Where, for whatever reason, even, you know, he's obsessed with safety, but Chaz is cool with his two sons, Ari and Uzi, going with, like, the driver slash security guard or whatever,
3: like, to this rooftop gym where they're working out. What's interesting is there's, like, a chain-link fence around the gym, so maybe it's like, well, they can't get out.
0: Didn't Um, the UCB have one right up the street, too? Right above that. That sounds right, too. Because a lot of of those are, like, you know, like, schools. Like, that's how they have... You know physical education it's like we can't go anywhere so the the gym or the track or whatever is like on the roof so I, I you know I, I, it's totally fine that this is in this movie it's just weird that it's a scene where these kids are on their own bodyguard or no yes. and Ben Stiller's not there but it's this great like you know he goes up to him like you know do you know who I am you know no oh I'm royal I'm your grandfather oh we thought you were dead <laughs> <laughs> you know all that so it's so great he goes there's actually the greatest line of the whole conversation is he's like i'm sorry for your loss your mother was a terribly attractive woman <laughs> <laughs> he
3: is just so fucking funny
0: apparently he was a huge uh kind of a terror on set uh oh really not 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 unfamiliar for gene hankman really difficult to work with he wanted this to be he, he knew he only had a couple performances left in him he expected a fun breezy set and i think Probably with the Wes Anderson movie, there's a lot of you got to stand here, you got to do it this way, that kind of thing, and like, yeah, apparently, like he would like really chew out Wes Anderson and Bill Murray of all people, Mister Not Difficult had to come in and kind of uh, call <laughs> Hackman off a little bit. Wow, that's it. Yeah. that's
3: interesting. I'm sure everyone in Hollywood in any of capacity course. is a fucking scum sucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> just letting everyone know if we're praising someone for their performance in this movie it's because the performance not necessarily the content of their uh, character the the
0: only reason i came in with that is i I think that like it's actually almost a testament to how good he is if he's having that difficult of a time he looks like he's having a fucking blast you know what i mean like
3: he's a great actor yeah Yeah. he
0: is well also like having a blast or no it's also like a great performance like he gets to all of these places and like you know if you're an you know you can decide to turn it on or not. And it's like, shit, man, this is the best we got out of fucking Gene Hackman. Like the star of this movie, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, I mean, there's literally too many uh, instances for me to remember. I I think of Burt Reynolds and PT Anderson all the time, but like, that's another one where it's like, who cares? What you got was great. Like, exactly. Like, I'd be like, yeah. Okay. You argue people, collaborators uh, argue and belittle each other all the time and then make up and make good stuff. Like Chris, what
0: are you going to make up with me? Uh, you blithely quite quite, quite <laughs> quite well, well.
2: Well, we're going to when I mean we're supposed to do it yesterday, uh, tomorrow, but like yesterday's COVID tomorrow. issue. Tomorrow, <laughs>
3: right? Because be yesterday cool. was supposed to be my. Uh, thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Today <laughs> is today. today. And then, so tomorrow, Steve, you're to loop back to me though eventually. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, that, I, that I just yeah,
2: <laughs> it will d- down the line. We'll just check <laughs> it off. You know, shell after shell. Uh, but it's I, I love when uh he moves back in and
0: you know uh he's he's uh, he's in the hospital bed and he's got all this stuff and Chaz yeah. wants to throw about and he's like come on pack your shit let's go and it's, oh like, right. this old guy in a hospital bed and then he he falls over and he has like a fake seizure enter Seymour C- my favorite fucking joke in this movie I I because I, I literally stopped watched it twice last night and cackled. Seymour Casella is this fake doctor. He's playing, uh, uh, what do you call it? An, an elevator operator. Right, a, dusty. Like dusty. Dusty, yeah. Dusty, the elevator operator. He does, he's like, he's giving like a, a prognosis to the family. He's like, well, you know, you have to keep doing the you have to keep eating, taking your stomach cancer medication. No, nope. no name on that. No, but then nope. he's, he's doing this whole description of the family. He's Can like, we move him? Yeah. Is, is, is he a fighter? Oh, that's the best chance we got. And he gets <laughs> he gets a beef and a beef like a doctor and he picks it up. And the joke is it says, hey, Smitty worked a double yesterday. Can you cover for him? <laughs> They fucking cackled. Also, last night.
3: The, the reprise of him being the doctor at the yes. very end, uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, but when um Richie gets an eye elbow and he's giving medical advice yes. at the very oh, Right.
0: End. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. And the way that Seymour Casale's like flipping the you know responses yes. back to them in that conversation, <laughs> it's very Marx
2: Brothers. Yes. Like it's
0: very fast, mm-hmm. you know. Oh man, it's he's so fucking good. Um, I also love every scene. Uh, we get at Eli Cash's house, mm-hmm. which is a couple. You also get Eli, and this is a thing, you get Eli taking Margot on a ride to do a fucking drug pickup, and she doesn't know the score, and it's like, you gotta tell someone mm-hmm. if they're on a pickup with you. This happened to me one time, <laughs> where I was getting a ride home from work with somebody, and she was like, hey, do you mind if we pull over to this gas station? And I was like, yeah, it's your your car. You're mm-hmm. giving me the ride. Whatever you gotta do okay we're sitting in this car and i'm like so w- w- you're not getting gas what you got to go in and get some cheetos or something she's like no no, no I got, i'm waiting for a friend and i was like okay mm-hmm. and then like some dude rolls up i did not know this guy and she's like all right hang on a second she goes and like gets in his car for like 15 minutes nice. and i'm like what the fuck was going on she gets back in the car I'm like, what the fuck was going on she's like oh i'm just buying some weed i was like You got to tell me if I'm (laughs) on a drug deal with you. You know what I mean? Like, you got to say something. Especially back Margo. Yeah, exactly. And Margo's like, where are we going? And he's like, oh, I just have to pick something up. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I love he buzzes the door. And it's like, who is it?
2: Sugar, it's Eli. Well, I mean, Andrew, you say that's bad. But imagine that happened to you. And the person next to you was telling you about how your brother was in love with you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if just was saying like, Oh, your brother I I got a call from him saying your brother was in love with you, always has been, always will be. But it's okay yeah. because they
3: always said adopted, you know? Adopted just it's like adopted. Woody yes. Allen said about Sunni. Just, just like Brazzers says. Well, yeah, exactly it is
2: very
0: Brazzers porn hubby adopted <laughs> step brother, stepsister <Yeah>. scenario. <laughs> this was <laughs> a time, ton- oh, wow. mean- we're
3: stepbrother and stepsister. I guess we can fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Well the, you know what what's funny is Eli Cash Owen Wilson, porn star. Oh wow is around the house just Whoa. as you know much as she was growing up. In a way, yeah. he's also a Ten bomb in the way that she is, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. No,
0: totally, yeah. yeah. I, I do like the scene of Luke and Owen, like so like uh Richie shows up at uh Eli's house, you know, and they're hanging out or whatever. And there's the great moment where they cut to Owen Wilson standing there, nothing is going on, and he's like, What'd you say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like What? Nothing. I didn't say anything. Oh, sorry. I'm on Mescaline. I've been spaced out all day. Did you say you're on Mescaline? (laughs) And the fucking dude Owen Wilson. Uh, I did indeed. (laughs) He he says I did indeed while he's peeing and the shot is blocked by a mound of videotape pornography. It's just... mm. yes. uh, mean, just just showing you how this guy lives. He is whizzing
3: with the door open uh, and he has a fucking mountain of pornography on that His art collection is awesome as hell. You know, these <laughs> shirtless guys on ATVs wearing like gorilla masks terrorizing some guy.
2: Oh, oh and wh- whenever he's on screen, the clash kicks in. So I'm like, more Eli. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. get Police Eli back thieves, on here. I believe. Police here. And, thieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then
3: later on, when he's doing Coke with, I guess, Egyptians. <sighs> Yes. Oh, it's, yes. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Rock the Casbah for that one. Yes.
0: No. It's Tutankhamun. Yep. Tutankhamun. <laughs> oh, Tutankhamun. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Owen Wilson pornography. You ready for my hot, hot load? Hey, are, you gonna, are you ready? Do you want to take this hot, hot load?
2: That's I. That's where Wes I mean, once uh, the whole movie industry collapses, West Anderson uh, should go to porn. Mm-hmm. I think browsers need some movies shot uh, in yeah. houses with really nice molding.
3: I got a title mm-hmm. for one: uh, Shanghai Poon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you, you can't come on a thing uh, uh, you uh, made, Eric. Uh, Eric, yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> the Great <Buba> pest <laughs> yeah, Hotel.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Behind right. enemy lines:
3: <laughs> colon <and> doggy style. <laughs>
0: Dolan, <laughs> doggy style.
3: Uh, you should also mention get, co-writer of the film. Yes, yeah. Oh, that's Ooh, right. that's the right. French
2: DP.
0: Yeah, yeah. the French ah, DP is good.
3: There it is. B- there bottle rocket, you don't really need to change. <laughs> no, you're good.
2: <laughs>
0: Anaconda, definitely keep that the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anaconda
2: just totally oh, works.
3: God, I'm cool really room. loving this or- Owen Wilson oh, box set. Oh,
2: oh, the Donging Limited.
3: Yeah. Okay, Little Fockers, you could keep that one, too. Sure. Uh you mean Dupree is a three way, mm-hmm. obviously.
2: <laughs> of course, yeah, that works. That works uh,
3: right
0: there. Dr- uh getting drilled by Drill Bit Taylor, I think, is one of oh, No, there you <laughs> go. Uh I spy some pussy across the way.
2: <laughs> Marley, Marley and me together. <laughs> Poonlander.
3: Um, yeah, Poonlander. Sorry, uh, sure. sure. Uh,
2: no, I don't know. Poonlander
0: part then- two. Yeah, and then Poonlander, Poonlander 2, which nobody saw. No. turned the minus
3: man into the plus man because he gets you pregnant this time.
2: Oh,
0: there you go. Um,
3: that was actually an okay movie if you guys haven't seen it.
2: That's always that that, a serial what,
0: killer, right? I, I've never seen that one. Yes,
3: I believe so. Yeah.
0: What's the one where he... Uh, it's kind of like him doing Taken, but his wife ain't kidnapped? What? There's a movie. It oh. came out... I don't know, in the last, like, five years or something. Oh, yes. Some sort of thriller. No No, Escape. No
3: Escape, yes. No Escape from 2015, which overshadowed No Escape 1994. And you can't even search for that anymore. Thanks.
0: (laughs) I'm blanketed over. Thanks. Uh, Wedding
3: fuckers.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he came back and they were like, let's just make him an action star. Like, that in that Bliss movie he did with Selma Hayek. So, Starsky and Cock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh,
0: actually, Starsky and Cock. How about that? Hey, oh, like that. The- yeah, oh, yeah they- you're
2: getting cucked, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Hey, is this your wife? Oh, that's amazing. You guys have a beautiful relationship. You mind if I fuck your wife? <laughs> oh, would you like to sit in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you could jerk off. No big deal. Oh, and just low key porn parody. I mean, yes, yeah, it's that's, that's, you know. that's, that's enough.
3: You know, I'm looking at the IMDb <laughs> for the minus, man. You know, maybe it isn't good. I don't know. It's been a long time. <laughs>
0: uh but so yeah he's got this huge <laughs> drug problem uh you know uh yada 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 now now uh royal is living in the house uh because he has stomach cancer he can't be moved um yet he's eating these cheeseburgers he's still smoking cigarettes taking cocktails oh yeah uh they, <laughs> i love uh there's the shot of uh i really love the the tenenbaums games closet yes they're like board game closet and there's the shot of him and Pagoda, like Pagoda's giving him the update or whatever, and like cheeseburger smoking, and the two of them are cheersing yes. with martinis in this closet. <laughs> but, oh man. And it's such a great again, like the details are just throwaway. Like it's it's another piece of arrested development. You know what I mean? Like all these board games are there for children to play, and children haven't lived in that house for twenty yep. some odd years. You know what I mean? Like Yes, yes. yeah, yeah.
3: But they keep his javelina in there. Mm. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, that's part of the whole, I mean, the give and take of all Anderson movies. I think since this essentially is like, who, who's, who are the righteous ones? Is it, is it the kids or the adults like, Yeah, right. who are the ones who are like actually right here and that everybody's wrong and right at the same time? Like it's. I mean like that's, that's what the weave of it is that sometimes the kids have the wisdom sometimes the adults have the wisdom just like
3: a real family you're all exactly.
0: garbage
2: <laughs> that's what
3: was
0: so kind of I mean
2: <laughs>
3: Moonrise Kingdom was
0: kind of a comeback for Anderson just because it had been a while I think like it was yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox of maybe four or five years like a long break for him and then Moonrise came in and it was really interesting to watch him do a movie with predominantly with a kid cast Right. You know I, what I, mean? I remember Emma. loving
3: that one it's been a yes. while but incredible movie great great movie uh, uh, it, that was also it
0: was a huge uh moonrise was a huge box office return mm, for him yeah, too for sure it was massive uh the the whole um Seymour Cassell showing up as the fake Dr McClure by the way all that scene also has the Ben Stiller, like Gene Hackman, has the fucking spoon in his mouth because he's pretending to be in pain, which is great. And it's the Ben Stiller line of, like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And it's the great takes the spoon out of his mouth. The fuck you care? And puts the spoon back in his mouth. Oh, man. Uh, Uh, The fuck you care. So great. uh, Meanwhile, uh, Raleigh is just curious about what Margo is up to at some point. You know, he he comes by, it's like, you know, how long are you gonna be here? And she's like, I might never come back. You know, what I mean they have this really like pained uh, exchange, and this is when he thinks that she might be having an affair, and he goes up and it's kind of a great it's a great scene between him and Luke Wilson where Luke Wilson oh, yeah. taking care of the bird. And he just kind of casually is like, you know, I think that she's having an affair. And Luke Wilson just punches the glass. It's like, what, you want, you want to find the guy? You want to beat him up? And he's like, <laughs> well, I think I was going to get a, a, a detective to see what's going on. It's, but it's, <laughs> it's so, del- but,
2: The delivery from around that, like, may I confide in you? <laughs> yes. That always kills me. <laughs>
0: but it also, set, I, I realized this last night, it sets up like the self-harm aspect. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's, this guy is not okay. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. Yeah. It, that, that scene does not come out of nowhere. Right.
3: And you know, I think by now we also got that flashback of how she lost her finger. Um, I, <laughs> oh yes, totally. I think totally. that was um, Andrew Wilson again yep. yeah. as yep. um, the, the farmer guy who, who who cuts her finger off while she's stacking <laughs> this log up. Yes. And speaking of Wes Anderson aesthetics, I love the look of this trucker hat with an yep. Amish style beard. <laughs> yep. yep. Oh yeah. I yep. want to see a Wes Anderson hillbilly, not necessarily hellbilly movie, but something like that. Well,
0: cause it's, it's so great because you know, it's, that's when they are, they're in the cemetery and she's talking with Ari and Uzi. And one of the kids like points out her wooden, you know, finger substitute there. And she tells the story and she's like, I went and found my real family in Indiana is what she says. And I was like, okay. So I don't, I don't know how many Amish people are out there, but it is this weird. Like yes. he's like, "All right, Sister Margaret, yes. line up the wood there." <laughs> you know, oh man. And then it's great. Like uh, one of the kids is like, "Did you try to sew it back on?" And she's just like, ah, "I didn't really see much point in that." <laughs> I'm like, <Yeah>. Okay,
3: <laughs> it is. It is a weird. Co- you know, just having that beard and a trucker hat and like, like a vest or something. It's very like, not Amish yet Amish. It. it I just yeah. love that nether space he paints of Indiana.
0: Uh, it's so awesome yeah so like it's kind of going on and uh there's more he's now in the house he's starting to fuck with danny glover a bit and getting in with ethylene like there's they're supposed to go out and like you know danny glover is kind of like i don't i don't believe in that your husband has this thing and ethel says no and then the next scene is the great and like the it needs to be talked about because it's it's very uh, the subtle bizarre racism that he treats uh, Henry Sherman with is very 70s specific kind oh, yeah. of stuff. Yes. And it's like it's very specific that it's it's he apologizes in front of the end of the movie. He's like, I, I don't you know, I, I don't want you to think I'm, I'm an asshole. It's like I just, just think you're a son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like he's just trying to get this guy's head and it's very shitty. But I mean, I, I do think that Henry is a great character. And I love even his son later in the movie, too, is another yes. great character. Yeah. But I do love that the, the scene when they're about to go at it. When he's like, did you just call me Coltrane? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Are you trying to steal
3: my woman? Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking And great. then you want to talk some jive and just yelling that in the <laughs> house. I'll talk <laughs> some jive all day long.
0: I'll talk jive like you never heard. Mm-hmm. I think part of it, too, is his attempt to like make Henry look bad in front of Ethel. Yes. Because Ethel comes in right here and is like, what's going on here? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like nothing. <laughs> a, a good
3: earlier exchange with uh, Richie and uh, Royal where he asked if he's, if Henry's like worth a damn and Richie's I believe so.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, at this point also, we've had the nice montage of Royal getting to know the grandparents or the, uh, the grandchildren rather. Um, and this is the me and Julio down by the schoolyard. So good. And it's a lot of really awesome, like, Jumping in the pool with your clothes on. Okay. Hmm. You know, water balloons. Okay. Dog fighting. <laughs> yes. The dog fighting is great. The, the shoplifting is great, too. with yes. the, the chocolate milk. <laughs>
2: right. Uh, Playing go-kart in what looks like an abandoned like underpass, like something underneath the highway.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an off-books go-kart facility, dude. <laughs> and he comes. One of the kids come back, and he has blood on. his like, oh, it's dog's blood. <laughs> <laughs> Can I speak to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, again, Wes Anderson is smart. You were not showing dog fighting. We're watching people watch dog fighting. So it's a, lot, right. a little more, a little more fun and light right, uh, in that way. Yeah. yeah but even, well, though, all of, even though, even though West Anderson, as we know, famous dog hater and killer, he a lot of dog f- trauma in this. He just thing. wants to murder dogs. Yeah. That's well, which is I, fine. I,
2: well, uh, look, he's a graduate, you know, there's cat there's extensive cat trauma in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm, that's it true. Taken apart uh in that one Think- scene. I I the one like when he asked when Ben Siller asked him to go into the closet, like this to me is like the fact that he has this tight frame with these two people and like he's just packing it with these titles and these colors and yes. these just everything and like you can't really you're jumping all over the place, but then like the tension between them two is so strong, and he just leaves it there. I, it's it strikes yes. me every time.
0: Well, it's also a great moment too, where like Royal, you know, opens up on Chaz, like in a way that he kind of needs, right? Because you know he's he, they're screaming in this closet, and he's like, "I think you're having a nervous breakdown. I don't think you've quite recovered from Rachel's death." Yes. Like all of these things that are totally fucking true, but in this house we don't talk about that stuff in that way you know there's no like there's no uh clever way to you know funnily talk about the death of his wife the family kind of in the way that all these people speak to each other
3: the family needs him in a way just they need someone blunt to like get through some of this shit yes right
0: yeah and and to take the piss out of some of the stuff you know what i mean yes yeah Totally. I mean, it's the same thing. You know, he has he's the great exchange with Gwyneth Paltrow, where he's like, I don't like the way uh, you're treating Raleigh. And she's like, why don't you mind your own business? And he's like, you're two timing him with that bloodsucker, Eli Cash. (laughs) That's not right. Damn it.
3: (laughs) I do like the idea of Royal, by the way, says the guy who had multiple infidelities. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yes.
2: Yep. I do like the idea (laughs) of Royal just being a shit to Eli Cash from like the get go when he was young and being like, that kid's no good. (laughs) Richie, yes. stay away well, from there's that. There's actually
3: he does criticize Eli Cash when, during the, the childhood birthday party or whatever. He's just like, are you in pajamas? Are you <laughs> you live here?
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, what are you doing? He has here? permission, he has permission <laughs> to sleep over.
3: <laughs> what are you, children having a
0: sleepover? <laughs> uh, when um the scene where Royal gets busted by Danny Glover, um, it's kind of there's some stuff going on, but they're watching a couple of them. It's Richie and Margot are up in Royal's room, and they're watching Eli on the fake Charlie Rose show with Larry <laughs> yes. Pine. Oh yeah, and this is where he's like, you know, your last book, uh, Wildcat, wasn't so well received. with half of there? And he's like, Wildcat, you know, I think it was kind of written in like a obsolete vernacular, Wildcat. <laughs> Okay. I'm 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 gonna go. Okay. <laughs> it's just like what's what's going on with him? He's on drugs. It's but it's, and again like this scene um, would make uh, Danny Glover the villain of the movie, but he's not because of the earlier scene and the way Royal treats him. Like you know what I mean? Like yep. it is well balanced, and you are on like you can never fully sympathize with Royal. Tenenbaum because he is a son of a bitch like you know what I oh, mean yeah. like yeah. Every, at every turn but he's a lovable son of a bitch that's the whole turn of the movie but like it you can never be like oh no poor royal because it's like no fuck this guy and yeah. it's kind of great too you know because the end of all of this like everything goes to shit you know and you know it's, I know what stomach cancer looks like my wife died of it mm-hmm. you don't eat four cheeseburgers <laughs> a day there's no Colby general. It closed in 1974. <laughs> You'll have the Great Pagoda. Oh, shit, man, which is funny. <laughs> but the, uh, the whole end of that scene is after all that boils over. Ethel is like, what was the point of all this? You know, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, I thought I could win you back. And she's like, but we haven't spoken in seven <laughs> years. And it's a, a, like Royal. You can see the screenplay like right in front of you. It's like Royal's line ellipses, ellipses, ellipses. Plus, I was broke, yes. you know, and you're like, "There it is, you fucking son of a bitch!" Now it finally comes out, and the great—we've uh, learned previously that the reason, the way that they met Pagoda was uh, he was an assassin sent to murder a uh, royal in a Calcutta <laughs> yes. bazaar. Way- he stabbed him, and he took. A, well, he's like, he sh- he saved my life, and he's like, "Oh, how?" He's like, "Well, I, I was stabbed in a Calcutta bazaar," and he's like, "Who stabbed you?" He did. <laughs>
3: There was a price on my head, and he was a hired assassin. It is such a good moment. I mean, and
0: it, then and then he stabs him again with this little knife, and it's so oh, fucking funny. God damn. The
3: world of the, it's sort of like the, the Venture Brothers or something, or yes. Johnny Quest. The way yes. it spreads out, like I want to, I don't want to see it, but I want to see younger Royal Tenenbaum traveling yeah. the earth, getting prices on his head.
0: <laughs> it's also just awesome too, like in this world where like everybody around like knows what pagoda's doing here is arguably totally fine right cuz he's like you son of a bitch and then like stabs him and like gene hackman kind of falls into the luggage or whatever mm-hmm. and pagoda gets him but like gene hackman never once you know royal is never like what the fuck yes. like the cab the cab driver <laughs> yeah. he never gets out of the mm-hmm. car he's like whatever is going on that guy was clearly justified <laughs> i also love the light snow in this scene yes and yeah. uh, and even uh, to put it over the top, the next scene you see Pagoda actually cleaning the wound, which is yep. great <laughs> yep. oh, yeah.
1: yeah, it's,
3: it's like, fucking awesome. This is where they they hold up shop at the three uh, hundred seventy fifth Y. Yes, oh,
0: yeah. there's also uh, the snowing thing. Just reminded me, there's uh, that great exchange where Royal's about to get in the car, and he looks back up at the. It's like Margot and Richie uh, and and Henry Sherman standing there watching him get in the car, and he wow. goes to Margot and says. You know he's not your real father and she goes neither are you oh, yeah. and goes
2: in the house oh man I love the fact that they use the uh the the song from uh, Vince Garald, uh Christmas yeah. time is here Yes. Where all these abandoned kids like I mean yeah. it's just a perfect element and like to the, the, to use to reference not only your like Wes Anderson's influence clearly uh Schultz had a pretty major influence on him uh but like the, the The song works here. The song is beautiful here. mm -hmm. It's it's incredible. It really is. It's kind of funny when he goes back to it in the ice
0: cream parlor. Yes. Um, Because the funny thing is like, it's not really like said that it's Christmas time at any point. You know, there's no Right, I'm not. This, right. No, no there's, yeah. no, there's no, there's no, holiday there's no season. decorations or any no holiday no. scenes at all. It's probably late fall, early winter. You'd have to guess, or maybe even yeah. I mean, we're all wearing coats. And and yes, shit, and, yeah. the, and the, the trees are bare, and the whole thing. And again, like that reminds me of New York in, in the winter time. Um, yeah. The him and Pagoda decide to become uh, elevator operators to survive. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, typical Wes Anderson fashion. Let's put on some uniforms. Let's put on some cute oh, uniforms, yeah, everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we also around here get, you know, this the private detective uh gets back to Bill Murray and is like, Hey, so I did what you asked. Uh, you know, here, do you want to read the report? And this is we get into the Ramones montage here, and it's just like all these dudes that Margot is hooked up with for her entire life. Somehow this guy found out about all of them, even like as a kid. Yes. Yes, yes. and
3: it's quite and a list. Like, oh,
0: and that she started smoking, that she that she's twelve. And this great montage and again like very infographic-y you're getting so much information and then at the end it's Bill Murray completely deadpan she smokes so just like, <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> her,
3: Judy is a punk too it's great yes oh,
0: yeah, yeah. her I smoking mean, is such a great like in family because that's what people do you know what I mean everybody yeah. hides that they smoke and like oh yeah. my god you know I want my parents to find out blah, blah blah even though you're like fucking 40 you know what I mean <laughs> yep, it's just totally. such, it's a very it's a really well observed detail, and I, I, we'll get to the uh, emergency room scene, which is fantastic, but it, where that really pays off. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're almost to it. Yeah. I mean, th- this whole report about, like, you know, blah, 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 all these dudes, including Eli Cash, yes. this is what sets Richie off to the suicide attempt. This was also, by the way, a lot of, a lot of firsts for Andrew Jupin. This was uh, the first time I ever heard Elliot Smith was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, no and this way. Eerily Oof. prescient usage of uh Elliot's man. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, he, I mean, still, he was whole, definitely still alive. I don't think he's You oh, would yeah. not have, you wouldn't use a suicide scene if uh, <sighs> no, no, no 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 you're no.
3: saying this gave him ideas though. So that's what you're saying. That, that's what I'm getting at. Well he did follow
2: these ideas. It was very different <laughs> from this idea. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> um and, and, it's it's
0: it's eerie, man. Uh, the funny thing is, like I don't want him to ever, but if Wes Anderson made a horror movie, this scene tells me that it would be pretty okay. Oh yeah. oh yeah,
3: no, this is amazing. Like the lighting in this bathroom is like this weird, stark, like medical lighting, and just the 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 visuals here. And even though you don't see him physically slit his wrist, just the the blood pouring out and the hair everywhere. It, it, he would oh he yeah. could do it, man. He could oh, do yeah. it, and, and it's just as great. I mean,
0: you know, it, it's it's very affecting. Again, like these movies aren't as cold as people think they are. Uh, I th- he looks at the mirror. He's like, "I'm gonna kill myself tomorrow," but then he just k- kind of does it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, a, that's always kind of been weird to yes. me. And I guess it's like you know, with those situations, you never know mm-hmm. how you're gonna act, and you know, maybe he just
2: decides fuck it. It's it just it's always played odd for me, but not yeah. in a bad way. It's it's just truly unsettling. I, I was I always took it as I mean, he's a man who's always had like steadiness, and he can plan things out, and he can. He, he can center himself when he needs to and he's like trying to tell himself put it off for tomorrow put it off for tomorrow you'll do it tomorrow right. but he can't like this is him breaking down for good this is he can't control anything anymore this is why the blood rushes the way it does in that yeah. visual way and the way that you get the scars and you know it was really fucking violent like it wasn't like it wasn't like a tidy it was not a Wes Anderson suicide it was a yeah. jagged like insane suicide he like cut himself 3 times on each one with in downward yes. too and, rather than across. And
0: I mean like this is you know Wes Anderson is a music guy and it's not just like hey what are cool Kink songs to put here or there or the other way cuz I like Kinks music. Like he chose this song because it's got that real heavy acoustic moment to really when we're rushing Richie to the hospital, yep, that's yep. gonna that's gonna make this crescend into this amazing moment. You know what I mean? Where We're rushing, and like Dudley finds him, and it's really affecting that Dudley finds right. him. He, he yells he's like, this him. kid
3: you. Don't hear it.
0: He doesn't have language to deal with this kind of stuff. This kid is this poor yeah. kid doesn't know anything, and he's seeing this guy like half dead. You know, you feel really bad.
3: And right. I love them running to the ho- running in the hospital. Both of them are covered in blood. And then when Gwyneth Paltrow gets there, and she asks Dudley where is he, and he goes who.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right oh my god that's so fucking great I, I wanted to point out because we're talking about a lot of you know the look of this movie it's shot by uh, Robert D. Yeoman who has worked with Wes Anderson I think almost exclusively here I don't have the entire filmography but this dude I mean also directed some uh, some previous episodes Dead Heat oh, yeah. and The Wizard wow. he shot both of those movies um, but the, uh, he's you know so he shot See if I can do the years here. Because he did Bottle Rocket, Rushmore. He goes into Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic. Uh, branches off to work with Noah Baumbach for Squid and the Whale. Did shoot Darjeeling. Did shoot Hotel Chevalier. I don't think he did the stop motion movies, which I think is probably no. a different process. You know? Yeah, because yeah, he because he comes back. He you're right because he shoots Moonrise Kingdom. He's working also like oh, in tons yeah. of other places because yeah. he did get him to the Greek. He did Bridesmaids. He did The Heat. But then he goes back. He does Grand Budapest. Mm. He does Spy, Love and Mercy, the fucking Ghostbusters uh, 2016, the second Mama Mia movie, and then boom, French Dispatch. Right. He's, he's uh a- and he shot Asteroid City, so he's done
3: all of his live action. He's movies. a good DP. But that list reminds me of like the production design of Wes Anderson. The art directors they yes, right. add that extra element that yep. puts it over the top.
0: Oh yeah. And I think that's why, you know, like if you're a dude like Wes Anderson, like it's beneficial to work with the same DP, yes. as much as you can, you know. Definitely. Um, so uh, yeah, so the suicide. I mean, the whole the coming together in the hospital is great yes. you know i i love them all together and you know just like fucking dudley just sitting there blood covered on the t-shirt <laughs> this is uh raleigh saying claire may i have a cigarette which is like oh this, yes he uses it like it's like the third act of a fucking like agatha christie <laughs> yep. thing like yeah. he is like doing gotcha on her a at a really shitty moment by the way but <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah. And he really, and he lays the suicide right at her feet. He's like, You made a cuckold of me. And you almost killed your poor brother. <laughs> you nearly killed your old brother. Oh, yeah. Like that, dude, that delivery she's is so bawling. Uh, yes. Yeah. By the way, she's bawling Eli Cash.
3: <laughs> when, the bawling. The bawling is great. When Richie wakes up, he said, you know, people like, but they ask him, like, why or whatever. And he's like, I wrote a suicide note after I regained <laughs> <Yeah>. consciousness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it dark? Of course it's dark. It's a suicide note.
0: Uh, Could you read it? Oh, no. God It's damn. just
3: those lines there's just so many lines that hit so well in this movie. Yes. That are and
0: hilarious. Uh, and um, Gene Hackman takes off work to see him. And he just happened to see, to see him as he escapes the hospital. Uh, the first of two great uh, pagoda deliveries of there he is. Which is yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there, he, there he is. There he goes. He has, yeah. <laughs> he sleeps back in and he he sleeps in this he sleeps in this crazy tent up in the, the attic because uh, his room is occupied by Royal. And right. this is when, you know, whatchamacallit, Gwyneth Paltrow is in his tent. And it's, this is one of the most affecting scenes I think that he's ever done. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it, cause it's like, you know, it, it ends. <laughs> he somehow manages to make it end in such a way where like, not that it's not creepy, but like yes. the creepiness is diffused with her just being like, Richie I think we're going to have to be with each uh, love in love with each other in secret and leave it at that. Yes. But I mean, and it's just kind of like all right. Well there's this just like when they lay back down and she's like you know can I see Can I see uh, are you going to do it again and he's like yes. I don't think so and then she breaks down. It's it's a tough one to watch man. It's like a really like it's and they have such good chemistry and like again it's like stilted quiet Wes Anderson enough but that there's so much emotion behind that scene. Oh yeah. Um and I love that it's it's also hearkening back to, you know, one of the things that Baldwin tells us in the narration that one time when they were kids, they snuck off to the there was some sort of African wing of the city archives or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. That they you know. And it's so funny because it's like Those kinds of stories, you know, for New York, it's like, oh, they snuck into the Natural History Museum and they slept under the big whale. But it's like, no, they just went to these archives and like (laughs) lived under a bench for several days. (laughs) But like them in the tent sort of, you know, harkens back to to all of that, uh, which is which is really nice. And all this is like it's really warmly lit because all the lights coming Mm. from like his little little tent lantern or whatever uh which tony. is pretty cool And there's so much yellow in the scene you know it's yeah, so- yes um you know and i don't think so him saying that is interesting because yes. it is devastating because she's terrified that he is going to do it again yeah. but it's also one of the stock uh things that this family says to each other a lot mm-hmm. like there's if you look at the, the script a lot of the time the tenenbaum family they say things like What are you talking about? A lot, not exactly a lot, Mm -hmm. by the way, a lot, uh, not real, you know what I mean? It's just it's weird that it's like one of the family things just being said again, but this time it carries so much more weight than any other time they say it in the movie, um, which I think is really cool. But so, yeah, they are not, uh, they're not going to be living happily ever after, which is probably. Although you know she
3: she asked about Eli, we mostly just talked about you. Yeah, but you you don't even know. I mean, like where where it actually actually ends. You don't know where they're where they're at. They might be fucking. Yeah, Yeah. I think
2: they might be
0: fucking. They might be fucking on Christmas.
3: (laughs) They, oh, dude, they're probably
2: fucking on Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, because she's like hanging all over him at the funeral, and like I imagine after this, I mean, no matter what uh, good has come of uh, Royal's time here. I do think that afterwards they're like, yeah, we'll see you like holidays, right? We don't have to, like, talk, <laughs> right. all, don't have to talk all the time. So me me and Margot are going to go back onto the boat and fuck all the time oh, yeah. in international <laughs> That's waters. That's where
3: it's legal, baby. Uh, well, well and, and
0: then it's ve- they're very smart, though, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, Ethel's invited us all for Thanksgiving. All right. You get there on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then I'll tell them that I'm coming in from the West Coast on the Wednesday night, you see. <laughs> So they don't know that we've been on this boat fucking the whole time. <laughs>
2: yes. Just to, we don't want that. I, they probably know, but we don't want that image in their head. You know, that's not good for anybody. Well, it's also kind of funny because like Royal isn't like entirely against it,
0: you know, because he's just like, Margot Margot Tenenbaum. <laughs> well, I guess I could see it. She's a pretty enough girl. Yeah, and, like whatever he says, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like he says so. it's not outright. It, I don't even know. It would be frowned upon. Yes, it would like, be frowned
3: upon. But then again, what isn't these days? Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, no, a uh, around here too is when they they try to go. It's like uh Richie's like, "Oh, you know, dad, I've another problem that I need your help with." And it's doing this like really rough out of nowhere intervention for Eli right, but yes. where they go to the house. Mordecai
3: the bird did come back on that rooftop though. Mordecai oh, by the way,
0: sure. the he's like, "Oh, wow, he has uh white feathers, you know, it, of a human being as a traumatic experience you know blah 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 blah. no actually the bird that uh, that played Mordecai was kidnapped and held for ransom and they couldn't get it back (laughs) so they wound up like just getting a different bird and writing that line in which is fucking insane yeah it's amazing bird napping bird napping that is a a literal Wes Anderson crime happening on a Wes Anderson movie bird napping
3: in the Big Apple where's that short (laughs)
0: dude and i'll I'll tell you right now that'll teach you to film your movie in the bronx (laughs) it's true (laughs) um but they they do have the nice exchange here where eli's like you know i always wanted to be a tenenbaum you know and then royal across the room me too you know like god damn and he does say this those little moments and again like it's so sweet it's like this whole part of the movie is like really all these emotional high notes and then it's just sort of like well like Thank you. Yeah, I realize now I now have a problem. I just, I'm going to go grab my stuff. And then, beat, there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> yeah. And did you notice? I was watching this. He runs out. He calls a, a gypsy cab down. He f- hails the cab. He's barefoot in the street. And if you look at it, Owen Wilson is definitely wearing those fake hobbit feet that Daniel Stern had in Home Alone. <laughs> really? <laughs> He's just wearing big rubber feet. Yeah, I guess because, you know, I mean, do you want to run around barefoot in New York City and in, in probably the Bronx? I don't. No. <laughs> so there you oh, go. I would. It's just funny now with like, you know, Blu-ray yeah. and 4K and whatnot. I'm just seeing Hobbit feet left <laughs> and right. Um he does have the 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 quick scene at the ice cream parlor too you know, because he is now going through and trying to like make good with all the kids, trying to weasel his way yeah. back in for a second time in the movie. Um
3: I guess I'll have a butterscotch Sunday, I guess.
0: <laughs> after not wanting any. You anything. probably don't even
3: know my middle name. <laughs> That's a trick question. You don't have to. It's Helen. That's my mother's name. I know.
0: <laughs> Which is it's so funny cuz like it is hilarious but it's also incredibly sweet. Yes, but it's yes. also, you know yes. him being like, "Oh, that's my mother's name," you know. I know. But it's but also like it's not a uh, what do you call it there? They are not okay at the end of this scene. You know what no, I mean? Like no, it's no. it's not this isn't a like he doesn't solve everything. Like he definitely has a horrible relationship with her forever. Yes. You know what I, I mean? Yep. Th-
3: things are still going bad for him. I mean, he goes to the uh he goes to the house and yells for the grandkids, who's up for a couple burgers and hitting the cemetery? <laughs> hitting the cemetery. <laughs> and I think Chad dude. shuts that down
0: yeah uh but then it's the big wedding day uh of ethel and well he gives, Royal, yeah because he does that's the that's the last make it yeah. his he gives the divorce, he gives divorce that's right, which yeah, is actually yeah. a
3: beautiful scene
0: yes it is i uh, yeah. i i i wasn't sure about him at first but now i get it he's everything that i'm not oh and so take good.
3: pagoda back will you yeah oh right yeah <laughs> <Poor Pagoda.
0: laughs> totally um by the way in true in true wes anderson fashion for this wedding you get the weirdest looking fucking wedding quintet you have ever seen in your of life. Of course. You see these people? You got some forged and fire contestants on there, <laughs> is, man. Is Mother's Ball in that fucking quintet? Oh, Secretly, it might be because that he did
3: some music yeah. in this movie. Well, he does, yeah, he's always this dude, you know? Mm. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, he does a lot of them, right? Uh, yeah. No, he Was does it? he does do a lot of them. Yeah. I don't know when he started or not, but yeah, he does yeah. do a lot.
0: Uh, cause hasn't he also worked with uh is it Alexandra Displa? Oh, oh maybe recently. Recently. Oh, okay. okay. So he, he,
2: okay. he switched he, over. I think. Gotcha. Got
0: it. Got it. Got it. Um. Yeah. The, this whole the whole wedding sequence. I mean it. It all just works so well. You know, it's this the house is all decorated, and it just again starts with this fucking royal tenenbaum. Just he will talk to a brick wall, yeah. and he's talking to this priest, and it's the great. Uh, well, I'm half Hebrew, but the children are three quarters Mick Catholic. The priest <laughs> is like. Oh, so they were raised in the church? Oh, I don't know. Their, their mother raised them. <laughs> uh, we, you know, you meet Henry Sherman's son, uh, who's... I just love that this, like... It's just fun to watch. And I think Wes Anderson knows this. like bring in characters that are as baffled by the hijinks as anybody else. You know what I mean? Yes. Like like yeah. a real person almost. Like he's a like, naval officer. Like, you know what I mean? He's got this whole... Yeah, yeah. He's got this whole That's other right. life. And it's just this thing where it's like, oh, okay, hi, weird it fucking is- family. It yeah. doesn't happen often, yes. but when someone from not a Wes Anderson movie arrives in a Wes Anderson movie. Yes. Know, there's, you know, you're expecting like this kid came out of fucking, you know, Nicolas Cage in
3: Annapolis or yes.
1: what, you know whatever. By yeah.
3: By the way, I'm on Mark Mothersberg's IMDb and he mm. started with Bottle Rocket, believe it or not. Uh- Hmm. He also did the music for Happy Gilmore the same year. Ooh. Nice, pretty Nice awesome. career there. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want.
2: I, I love that scene with uh, uh Danny Glover getting ready for with his son because yep. I mean we were just talking about the butterscotch Sunday scene where like there are things that this person who you think loves you should know about you. Mm-hmm. You think. And, like, you assume they do know these things about you because there's some warmth to it that you think you share. And right they forget that because they forget old parts of themselves, yeah. forget who they were. Whereas and but the other side of that is, is that there are strangers who know all about you and love yeah. you, like, just by knowing what you've been through. So something went when Henry says, like, I'm a widower myself like that. It's such a, a huge moment because. It feels like Ben Stiller has never had anybody say, "I know what you're going through." Yes, like I know well, what right. this is. It's like I moment. know what yeah. that is. And he puts it's,
0: his arm around. him. like, "I know." He's like, "I, I am too." Is like, "I know." And he like put. You know, it's it's a real it's a really sweet moment. It's a yes. really well, was. it's also it's also a nice callback to the scene where they're all fighting about Royal coming back to the house to begin yes. with, and Ben Stiller keeps you know he keeps calling him Mr. Sherman, and you know uh, Ethel's like you know call him Henry. You know him, and he's like you know, I don't. He's like, you. she says, you've known him for 10 As years. As your accountant. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Mr. Sherman, yeah. right? And it's this really nice thing of like, hey man, like, yeah, he's just been Mr. Sherman to you, but this dude has been, with your mother and learning about your life and he remembers it because he cares because he's a fucking good person and look look at how fucked up the three of you are like you are fucking paranoid having a nervous breakdown your brother (laughs) wants to fuck your sister and meanwhile (laughs) here's fucking Henry Sherman's kid this motherfucker is in the service Mm -hmm. like he's in the Navy like Proud father coming, yes. you know, putting his son on display. Like, boy, there could not and be polar opposite. And being like polite here. to everybody too. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's and then meanwhile, you like cash. The fucking face oh. paint is just <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. It is wild. And it's just Owen Wilson speeding down the road, like, here I come. It's <laughs> fucking great. Uh, and he almost hits the kids, but Royal pulls them aside and because fucking Wes Anderson, like Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Ted Bundy before him, wants to fucking fuck with dogs. Has well, to kill Buckley. Has I, to only,
2: do- I only got to kill 10 dogs on this shoot. <laughs> we killed a lot of dogs on the Isle of Dogs shoot because we had to know what they look like outside <laughs> and inside. So I just decided to go wild. But yeah, on Royal dogs, we kept it pretty low. Only uh, 10 dead dogs yeah, uh, P- to P- get P- Buckley C- right. Peter can go fuck themselves. The shot needed to look good. <laughs> Look, did Boonwell care? No, he didn't. All right. Kick that goat right off the fucking edge.
0: Buckley isn't even fucking in the shot. I know. It's the magic of editing. Also, is there some track record here that I'm not aware of, Steve? Aside from Isle of Dogs, by the way, Steve, which was all puppets. I don't know if you knew that. There's no real dog. He
2: kills a dog in Moonrise Kingdom. That dog. Oh, I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one. Is it a dog or is it a cat
0: that she has?
2: I think it's a dog. That's in general, he just is not
3: fond of it's
0: the rumble between the two sets of kids. I think a kid a dog definitely eats shit there.
3: I think it's like shot with a bow and I mean, arrow or well, something. I need, to revisit, oh, that right. I need to revisit that movie. I, I remember loving it, and maybe it was because I want to see dogs die,
0: apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but Anyway, so yeah, they, it, uh, they it, crash. It, yeah, in one the car. scene, Snoopy is killed by an arrow. That's right. Oh, see, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. So I'm Ooh.
3: telling you, the dude fucking hates dogs. Was Woodstock crying that <laughs> night?
0: Woodstock's <laughs> crying his eyes out. <laughs> oh, someone call home to Woodstock. Snoopy ain't
2: coming over
3: tonight. <laughs> uh, Linus is playing his piano. So that's that's Red Baron one, Snoopy zero. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Also, I'll just say, uh, you know, the dog who played Buckley, Steve. I mean, no fucking urban legends about that dog getting kidnapped on set with that bird. That's a good point. (laughs) Uh, I also love that the dog is named Buckley. It is kind of a nice like, yeah, yeah, uh, Chaz Tenenbaum would name his dog after William F. Buckley. Uh Maybe, you know what I mean? It could be any other amount of names, but I was like Buckley. This this character, yeah, it's a William F. Buckley dog.
3: <laughs> I guess it's fitting it's dead then, right? It's a good thing. Yeah, that's yeah, true.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of Stiller, though, I love him fucking just chasing yeah, Owen Wilson through this house. <clears throat> this whole thing, again, the, the real frenetic camera oh, uh, work. Bad, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is
3: one of the best sequences of the movie, not only because at one point Pagoda stops, Owen Wilson says, hey, man, taste this. It's really good. <laughs> oh, totally. He's got an appetizer. Yes. Plate. But then also... I think it's Chaz that shoves the priest down the flight of stairs, oh, and the, the yep. stunt performance of this yes. is so funny.
0: Dude hits every stair; it's really good. And <laughs> just like the Stiller <laughs> screaming, they do a good cut where it's like they're fighting against the wall in the backyard. They cut to other people running in, and then when they cut back. Ben Stiller is just lifting Owen Wilson over his head and throwing him over the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God damn that's great. And then, like, just like f- freak out strength. I love then, it. And then like
3: realizing like he's also being a piece of shit. Like he just, he, he's got to get out of there himself so he just jumps over and lays next to him. This is a great moment, right? Yeah. They land in this like little like zen rock
0: garden and Owen Wilson's like, I need help and it's Ben Stiller saying so do I and it's just like yeah fuck that's great um, and then yeah you know I, I love uh, they knock on the door it's some like consulate yeah, or something it's like and, the
3: Japanese ambassador's residence yeah.
0: yes. <laughs> it's like uh ma'am can, can we get in your backyard we got a, two of our boys back there
2: <laughs> like they're little kids
0: yes. but no they're pushing 40 <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: uh, him it, him with spark plug up on the fire truck uh, Like, a spa- I love that thing that he for all his like there is something about dogs in this movie because like the fact that he he has such a command of dogs, like he yes. tells every dog, like sit, and the dog mm-hmm. sits. Buckley and Sparkbug do that. Uh, and then he gets the dog for uh Chaz, and it's it's really sweet.
0: That is like an, another movement in this incredible like single take uh going around the scene here that starts with Bill Murray talking to this priest, and he's like, Do you have an alternate? The guy's like,
3: <laughs> no. Is there a dial a priest? <laughs>
0: and we just start like you know moving through this whole space It's just really really incredible uh you know and it kind of gets in you have the moment here of uh you know when royal gives the dog and he's this is the great ben stiller you know i had a rough year dad i know you did jazzy yeah and it just sort of like you know we have this nice little crane up and it's amazing like the whole composition of this is like royal down on the street, like, oh, got my kid a new dog, I made good, yeah. everything's doing okay, and then it's like Ethel up on the steps, her arms folded, like, looking down at the scene. It's almost like one of the Tenenbaum illustrations you yes. see, you know, throughout the film. It's just so expertly composed. I fucking love it. Gorgeous. Um, And this is when Baldwin kicks back in, and he kind of just, he starts to kind of wrap everything up, letting you know right. that you know, uh, that uh, Henry and Etheline were married the next week. Um, 48 hours later, of the peace and everybody was there. Um, and the Chaz started to go with Royal on his little adventures. Um, Margot writes the Levinson's <laughs> in the trees, yes. which we're told ran for just <laughs> under two weeks to mixed reviews and it's fucking great because it's just the same line from her animals play yeah. where it's like this is my adopted daughter Margot levinson and it's fucking royal the only person laughing in the theater yes.
2: <laughs> i have to assume that's where they got uh she must have written the first draft of the wild thornberries uh cartoon right. probably just for that <laughs>
0: richie becomes like a tennis teacher at the y mm-hmm. eli goes to is- a north
3: dakota rehab um, <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs>
4: oh, where right. he's you
3: know doing lassos amongst native americans saying shit like the wind's blowing up a gale today yeah this oh this is my sponsor runs with two horses yeah.
0: hey how's it going <laughs> uh and then we are told royal suffered a heart attack at the age of 68 and chas rode with him the ambulance and was the only witness to his father's death. And that whole I mean, like the whole thing they have Hackman in the ambulance, yeah. he's got the oxygen mask on his face, Ben Stiller's holding his hand. Like, goddamn, the end of this movie gets me every fucking time, oh, dude. Yeah.
2: And just like uh, a son of a bitch going to the grave, you gotta soundtrack it with a son of a bitch. So <laughs> Van
1: Morrison Oh dude, absolutely. <laughs> and according to his wishes, the funeral was at dusk. <laughs> and, yep. Oh, totally! And of wishes, Ro- Van Morrison was blaring.
0: Van- <laughs> and, and
1: people wore black track suits.
0: <laughs> Ro- had he seen it, Royal would have found the whole affair to be most
3: satisfying. The BB yeah. gun salute, I thought, sweet.
0: Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then it's a nice callback, which was a callback I didn't notice until this time, because when they're at the cemetery, there's a yes. shot. of yeah. yes. It's him and Richie standing next to some other gravestone of someone that's not theirs and he's like make a note i want that kind of epitaph on my tombstone and then like what we get at the end is a shot of the tombstone that says that royal died tragically rescuing his family from the wreckage of a destroyed sinking battleship
3: (laughs) It's so good, and then I think there's even something else. Like when we're when we have a, uh, a a lot, like a wider shot of the grave area, there's also something that says "salt of the the salt of the earth" for him. <laughs> that, that was his. Wasn't
0: that his mother? That was the mother. mother. Oh, yeah, yes. The mother
3: got it. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's that's her little
0: thing. Is like she was the salt of the earth, Helen. Right. Kenny right. Bell, okay. Yeah. Because
3: yeah, that's the closing of the gate of the family plot. My my mistake. Yeah. 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 Which is you know, I was looking at that and I was like. Man, if I
0: wanted to be buried in the ground, a nice little fenced-in area with a gate, pretty not cool. Not bad, dude. It's not, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the rich are putting Start gates, saving, yeah, dude. The rich are putting gates everywhere, dude.
0: Nah, dude, put me in a fucking Folgers can like Donnie, <laughs> dude. That's the way to me. be. Put me out to sea. Totally fine. Um, yeah, but just ending, you know, and yeah, sure, Van Morrison's a dick, but the song's fucking great, and the slow-mo ending here, I think, is only topped by uh, is it Queen
2: bitch that ends the next movie. It might that's be. Life Aquatic ends with yeah, Life, with, yeah with Queen bitch. Yes. Which
0: I, I, that slow mo ending, I remember liking more, even though I like this movie much more than Life Aquatic. But that's just because I think Queen bitch is obviously the better tune. Um, but yeah, I, you know, just ending like that, it, it really knocked me uh, on my ass. I should say this movie is the movie I've seen in theaters the most. I saw this movie five times when it came out. And I may have told the story before, not much of a story, but I took my parents on the fifth time because they were like, what is this? You keep going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's go. Boy, they didn't care for it. <laughs> really? they, did not care for, they did not care for a fucking lick of that movie. And I'll tell you right now, that was in 2001. So we're talking, uh, what, 21 years ago? Yeah. Literally the last time I've been to the movies with my parents. It'd
2: be funny. Your dad's just like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, man, Andrew, you know, I don't usually like him. But I saw that Isle of Dogs, and they just got everything <laughs> straight A. They figured it all out. He's good now. He's good. You know, he should stick to animation.
0: Yeah, my my dad not watching stop animation, and he wouldn't have uh, cared much for the treatment of the dogs in that movie. Oh, so. really? Oh, there you go. Oh yeah. No, my my dad's a big dog fellow. Oh man, but that is the movie. That is the Royal Tenenbaums, folks. Uh, you may have seen it, and you may have liked it, and if you haven't, I don't know check it out maybe we should go around the room here of course uh final thoughts and and other additional Wes Anderson recommendations i don't know whatever you want to do eric Sisco. yeah no
3: i love this movie i do think it's like his crowning achievement even though i love a lot of his movies uh i talked about that earlier but i want to quickly highlight david wasco i mean this is the last movie he made with wes anderson this is the production designer interesting mm. career with this fellow reservoir dogs pulp fiction Ooh. bottle oh, wow. rocket Jackie Brown. This is selected filmography. There's a few more in between. Rushmore. He does Heist with David Mamet. He'll also do Red Belt with David Mamet. Royal Tenenbaums. Both Kill Bills. Collateral. Wow. Inglorious Bastards. And he wins the Oscar for La La Land. Well, there you go. <laughs> also did Molly's Game and Fifty Shades of Grey. So he's skewing in another direction now. But he's a good craftsman. I'll say that much.
2: There you go, dude. Um, Chris Cabin. Oh yeah, I mean this. I I, I love Wes Anderson. I, he's one of my favorite directors. I I think he's been, I think Rushmore on like aside from Isle of Dogs, I love them all. Like n- not like I love them all. Uh, and I think the thing I love about him is that there's craftsmanship to them all. Like still in even like now that he's using a little more computers with uh you know aside from the stop motion animation stuff like Grand Budapest uh and French Dispatch like yeah I. In a time when, like, everybody seems to be trying to make everything look synthetic and, like, look empty, like, his shit is full of stuff. And, like, French Dispatch, like, some of those frames are so alive and packed with life that I, I, I that's why I think people were overwhelmed by it. It's because, yeah. like, there's actually too much to know. Like, to, to go into his movies, you actually are overwhelmed with how much he's putting into them. I mean, and that is just rare. Like, there's yeah. just no other director, maybe other than the other Anderson, PT, uh, <laughs> right. and, and maybe Kiristami that I think of who pack the fucking screen with this much detail. And it, it always, it, it sends me into a reverie. I, I, I get romantic about movies when I watch his movies. And this is no different. I mean, it's wild, too, just to think like, I mean, something like French Dispatch, I mean, Why it's
0: like advanced level Wes Anderson, a bad place for you to start with his filmography is like, like you're saying, I mean, there's so much, but like, it's what there's so much of that's wild to me. I mean, like there's three different aspect ratios. There's color and black and white. There's live action and animation. You know what I mean? So like, and it's a fucking uh, uh, anthology film on top. You know what I mean? So there's so jam packed shit in that movie and I still think it, I, I really like all parts of that movie I know some people are iffy on the Chalamet part um, I, I I thought it was still good but yeah like the fact that you look at this movie and it's like so you know it's not but it just feels way more streamlined and simplistic mm. yes
3: by the way amendment real quick I should mention that Sandy Reynolds Wasco is also the set decorator on most of his movies so it's kind of a, a husband-wife duo that I was speaking oh of nice. For, nice for real yeah
0: very nice. Uh, Steve Sadek. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this actually is a great place to start uh, for Wes Anderson stuff. It is just such a prototypical one. It, It's probably my favorite. It's, it, 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 it's probably the most emotionally resonant uh, for me and just the New Yorkiness of it all. I don't think he does a lot more in New York. You know what I mean? I think yeah. Darjeeling comes back to New York once or twice, but mostly not so much. And I just think that all of that stuff, plus... I don't know, like there's just, it's he talking about this stuff and being able to fit this much story in an hour and 49 minutes by not unlike a novelists, knowing when to uh, let narration take care of a lot of heavy lifting and then have a scene, you know what I mean? And like playing between those two things and not worrying too much about, ooh, is this too much narration or is this too much that? Like (coughs) there's just, you know so much about this world by the time that gate closes, you feel like you've read a whole book, and that's the oh, greatest yeah. part of this—the trick of this movie. It, 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 it moves like a book. It feels like a book, but it is undoubtedly a movie. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love
3: it. Yeah, it's well paced, but like dense in text, and but in a good way.
0: I mean, I don't think I'm going to say anything different or better than uh, what you guys have. Already said here, I mean, yeah, I, I am a big fan of most of his movies, if not all of them. I will say I haven't gone back to a lot of his later stuff, which I would like to. Um, But, you know, this is, I agree, a good place to start. And, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, Asteroid City next year. But there's a yes. lot of people there who he has not worked with yet. I Tommy. mean, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, Tom Hanks, Maya Hawke, Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Steve Carell. Cranston is in that movie. um, And then, oh, and Rupert Friend. But then, yeah, and then some of the your faves are back, too. Defoe, Brody, Norton, Swinton, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Goldblum back. Oh, fucking Fisher Stevens floating around. Yeah, yeah. I'm even more excited. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. It's just he's a dude. You either like him or you don't. I do feel that he gets... um. A little bit of like a, a cynical kind of he's cynically shit on in corners of the, the film world, which I, I never get. It's like, you know, and maybe that's just because like we came up when he was getting big. So maybe that has something well, to well, do with know, it. it. I don't he's, know. He's,
3: he didn't make a Pokemon the movie or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Detective yeah. oh, or whatever, you know?
0: I'll tell you what, dude. If fucking Wes Anderson making a Pokemon movie. Maybe I'd finally yeah, see it. Yeah, no, it'd one. be that good. Would be, it'd be good.
2: That would be a good one. I'd like that. Shin Pokemon would be good by Wes <laughs> oh, Anderson. Oh,
0: Shin Pokemon. There you go. Wes Anderson's Shin
2: Pokemon.
0: Uh, that is going to do it for this edition of We Love Movies. Of course, this has been The Royal Tenenbaums by Wes Anderson from 2001. If you want more We Hate Movies, uh, definitely check out our Patreon this month because the script is flipped, folks. We have We Love Movies episodes all month here on the main field. Feed, which means over on the uh, $5 level WLM feed, it's actually H this month, we're doing Rotten Rids Hannibal. That's going to be wild ass time. At the time of this recording, I've not seen this movie in like 20 years. This is yeah. going to be really Same. something. It's, it's going to be
3: an interesting re-evaluation, and Ray Liotta's brains are on display.
0: And you'll uh, get a lot of Mason Verger impressions, I'm going to guess. Oh, if I had, if I had to guess. Oh, no. Oh, or now. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that uh, Also, we have a, a full-length AD Is that right, Steve? We do, uh, featuring my wife Who's also a huge Wes Anderson fan uh, f- Talking about one of her favorite movies Nightmare Before Christmas uh, oh, Just yeah. in time to be exactly between Christmas and Halloween Which is where you want it, folks And That's that's where you want to position that good movie, Good
3: episode, man. a lot of fun Feature-length episode, by the way Mm-hmm. that's right speaking of feature
0: length episodes chris cavin what's going on over on the nexus
2: oh we're talking about uh, star trek the motion picture with the gold titles <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, now they have the gold titles the gold titles are there yes we are big they fans
3: of star trek the motion picture and it was a lot of fun to talk about also yes yeah, big fat feature length app folks oh yeah uh
0: recorded back in august so who knows what we were saying uh, <laughs> Back then. Um, and also, speaking of uh, longer than usual, we have a big fellow to talk about on uh, the Gleep Glossary this week. That's month. right.
3: Chewbacca will be joining us. Oh, wow. In studio, That's Chewbacca. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He'll, he will be there. Do not worry about it. Maybe with the magic of the movies, he will be there, but he will be there. Oh, uh, definitely,
0: Chewbacca. You can totally smoke in the studio.
3: That's <laughs> That'll just cover up the fucking smell, right? <laughs> Uh, but here on the main
0: feed, We Love Movies Month continues uh, with another ep next week. Steve, uh, what are we talking about and with whom? Uh, we are doing an episode on Point Break uh, with Matt Christman and Will Maniker of the Chapo Trap House podcast. We're excited to welcome them to this show. We're excited to talk about Gary Busey. Mm-hmm. Utah,
3: oh, yes. two. <laughs> two. Utah, give me two guests on that next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So until next week, where we're talking about one of the best surfer crime dramas of all time, I'm Andrew Jupin,
3: Steven Sadak. Eric Siska.
0: Chris Cabin. Take it easy.
1: That was a
4: HeadGum Podcast.